0: yeah he loves his fat ass <laughs> yeah this one is for my bitches with a fat ass in the fucking club I
1: My forehead from all this twerking we just got done with. What a workout! Man, my Ludumus
2: spent... Maximus is Max.
1: Yeah, no, ways. we just spent the last uh, two weeks on the set of Nicki Minaj's Anaconda video twerking Ooh. up a storm. Uh, we yeah. actually were not in the video that much because um, we twerked so hard we, cre- we created a twerk tornado that this fucked up the a set. Tornado. Yeah, because yeah. we- our butts are just so so sexy and just... voluptuous.
2: The sound waves of our respective butt cheeks slapping together. What happened? We made the mistake of twerking at each other,
1: <laughs> and the vacuum we created between our butt cheeks, just like undulating, and not only our butt cheeks undulating between our own butt cheeks, but then uh, between like uh, like our our c- c- collective butt cheeks. Right. You can actually hear we like the sound in the room started like going mm-hmm. down as like we created this vacuum. It was like gravity. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. like 10 seconds yeah i'm
2: just saying you know how there's the butterfly effect you can only imagine (laughs) when it's the butt cheek effect it's astonishing it was was like the end of rages lost
1: ark when the ark spits up everything into the sky and we created this vacuum tornado and just like like yeah all like all the other twerkies and stuff were just shot up into the air and no one died but yeah we got kicked off the set though
2: Bill, I don't know about you, but after being exposed to that, those many butts displayed so prominently, my butts have lost all meaning to me. I I showed Foley the video to see if she could see my camera. Yeah, they put that together pretty quickly, considering we had it on set a week ago. (laughs) Uh, And she, afterwards, she was just kind of like blinking, like I don't even, like she had butt blindness. She was like, I don't even know what a butt is anymore.
1: I fucking love Nicki Minaj, and that video is fucking hilarious. Well, I like it's pretty much. I like most of the song is just "Baby Got Back," except she mm-hmm. just kind of like, kind of half raps over part of it, and then degenerates and just starts laughing.
0: It, it that's my favorite part of that whole to baby video. Got Back,
1: So mission accomplished. Oh Nikki. my god! Well, did you see the Taylor Swift video where people were upset about that because there's twerking in there, and they were talking about that's like cultural appropriation. Because the only, like, not the only people, on, not, it's not only the only black people in the video, but it's just, yeah, it's a little.
2: Well, who, what's her butts, really, was, she's culturally appropriating it from what's her butt and her terrible, yeah, like, so, so MTV MTV music but the Taylor Swift video is
1: actually thing. very cute. It shows a whole bunch of, like, dancing and stuff from different genres, and it's all just about, like, getting out and dancing and energy. But it's funny that both those videos came out this week where you got, like, the super crazy Nicki Minaj, like, twerking shit, and then you got the super white lady Taylor Swift over here with, like, her kind of, like, the, crazy white people video
0: about to all work.
2: i'm just so. saying is that you and i are literally the last people who can be talking about cultural appropriation Why? it's not like black people met in star wars oh bill oh, anyway hey let's talk about literally anything but racism and sexism how hey, do you, what doing, you talking bill?
1: about i'm doing pretty good i just pretended the world didn't exist for the last two weeks
2: Pretty much. This, this yeah, is... the last two weeks has been really disappointing. Yeah. In uh, both in things that actually matter in the world at large, and things that don't matter, like bullshit on the internet. No, so... it's
1: been a good two weeks to either uh, uh, sink your head into the sands of cultural bullshit, or just get a just get out of the house and get away from the internet. Yeah, yeah. So, Bill, what have you been doing? Man, hey, what do I do this week? What have you been up to? What, like you you were off the podcast last week, so it's been two weeks since we talked. So, what have you been up to? Uh, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, finally. What did you... Or can we talk about spoilers? I, I would assume we could, because, like, everyone in the world's... I, that movie's been out for, like, a month now. Okay, well, whatever. Well, not super I, hardcore I, what, spoilers, but there, there might be a couple spoiler things we'll talk about. Like, nothing My like, My
2: my my discussion is not largely... is spoil largely spoiler-free, in that... I was thinking about this, and, um... What made me think about this, actually, was Foley and I have been playing the Lego video game, Mm -hmm. of all things, and, uh... Wait, the the Lego uh, video
1: game, like, based off the movie? I'm sorry,
2: the Lego movie video game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, the writing for Emmett is all kind of mean, like, mean humor, and it's a lot of bullying humor, and, like, he's... Emmett in the video game? yeah. Why? And this is pretty common in writing for uh, licensed games when there's like a funny character that people just default to mean humor because it's easier to do. And and I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, you know, that's not Emmett's character, though. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. And that that kind of, I was thinking about that when we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was thinking about how Chris Pratt's character of Star Lord, Peter Quill, would be the most unlikable tool bag character were he not played by Chris Pratt.
1: Yeah, that's true, yeah.
2: You know it's like his his character is just such a dick and um uh, uh you know the, it's 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 a whole bunch of well he's really with... good
1: at bring the whole man child thing to it where you get the feeling it's not just because of him but but because he's essentially been like an eight like an eight-year-old who's grown up in outer space but not really grown oh, sure. up yeah, exactly.
2: oh, yes. yeah. No, there are reasons for him. No, but I'm just saying but a he
1: person. But if you plug in a lot of other actors though, they, like if it was like Ryan Reynolds, it would just be snarky guy. But with Chris Pratt, he's good at bringing out the idea. He, he's a good giant man child where you feel yeah. like he's not really an adult, he's just a kid in an adult's body who really yeah. hasn't matured. So he's not really right. having like grown-up reactions to things, yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. And that, that, like oh. he doesn't have to
1: act like he's very good that this seems to be kind of like his natural comedic
2: States. Yeah, he's just—he's—he's yeah. he's just very good at being a gentle giant. Yeah.
1: So that kind of Foley, diffuses he, some of the asshole potential like, in on, in, in, in that role. Come on.
2: Come Hold on, on just a second, friend. <laughs> come on. We gotta get the cat from the room. Come on.
1: And he's having domestic uh, bliss issues. You know
2: <laughs> The cat is screaming because she wants to hang out with me. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh. So
1: for people listening at home, yeah, Annie's wife just showed up with cats and pancakes and breakfast bagels and yeah
2: oh thank you (laughs) Foley.
1: well and then she's taking the cats away that's very cute
2: oh oh. Oh, should Um, we not be doing pizza cat commentary like we promised on the online (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah so um like the star lord character like i just it's not the sort of character that even though i understand all the characters in the movie had context for the kind of person that they were yeah but um uh You know, to kind of a comical degree that everyone had a terrible origin story. But, um, I don't know. I just... I enjoyed it, and it was fine. And I really liked all the practical effects in it, and I really liked all the music of it. Mm -hmm. But it just kind of started rolling off my brain immediately as soon as I left the theater. It's not a very deep movie. Well, not just that it wasn't deep, it was just that there was not a lot there for me to hang my hat on. No, there's there's... It's a fun movie to waste two hours with, but there's yeah. not a lot of
1: meat on the bones in that movie.
2: It was a really enjoyable flick, and I it know. felt very much so like kind of a, um 80s, early 90s sci-fi film, where it's just kind of goofy well, that's fun.
1: Kinda like, and that's, I kind of like the way that it's lightweight in that way, where it's not trying to be like this big Michael Bay thing, where it's trying to blow you exactly. away with all the like destruction that's going on, or trying to make some crappy emotional statement that it doesn't really earn. Although it kind of does that with the end with like love ends up de- defeating the bad guy or whatever but I uh, But yeah no it's, it's, it's not bad. I'm still freaked out by some of the gender stuff in there. It kind of doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah. Uh, fucking I Zoe is Zaldana's character. It just
2: if fuck, I could guys. go my whole life without seeing Another piece of media Where there is a female villain Just to have someone for the female ensemble member To beat up yeah, exactly. on It will be too
1: Especially soon they, In the movie they specifically stayed Zoe as character Supposed to be one of the biggest Most toughest badass warriors in the galaxy uh, All she does is get to fight another lady And even then the only reason She seems to be in the script Is just to be a potential love interest For, for Chris Pratt Which is also disappointing She doesn't get to stand on her own As her own character um, and the fact that like you have other characters call, like calling her a bitch and a whore and stuff, and it's just like
2: I still don't understand the whore comment. Like, I really don't. If he is a literal person,
1: that doesn't what... make that's one.
2: Well, aside from the
1: fact that it just even regardless of the context, it's a little. Come on, guys. No, Especially no, no, no. if you're trying to. If he's. But if he's he, you know, exactly. Unless he has specifically believed uh, Gamora has exchanged sex for money.
2: Yeah, so I was trying to think where in the movie, like it, he would have been led to believe. And that. I can't and the, think
1: of anything specifically well, you could back that up. Bill, with. if
2: you let me finish my sentence, I okay. will <laughs> start with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were. I thought we were doing that thing where we're of the same mind, and yeah, okay, uh-huh. okay, okay, yeah. No, no, Guess there's, not. The, okay, there's yeah. the
2: bit. There's the bit during the jail escape where um, they're like trying to figure out who's going to do what. Yeah. And um, they say, Gamora, you go get the the the, the thingy, the armband thingy from oh, yeah. guards because they have a crush on you. I'm sure you can use your wiles. So that was the only thing I could That's think not of. Really, horish, that... like yeah. Nah, nah. No, I know, but I'm just I'm beyond the gender politics. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. the internal logic in the movie of that. Character. Regardless, it's not
1: worth it. The line isn't worth having to jump through all those hoops to just yeah. It's it's but, just like, yeah. if.
2: If you have to jump through hoops to justify something, if I have to think this hard about it, then maybe don't have your character say something incendiary and inflammatory. Yeah. Also, doesn't that character get his neck broken, and then suddenly it's not broken later. I was looking for that, and I was also, because I couldn't help but watch this movie in the context of Bill's comments, which was your big objection when we originally spoke about it was that the there's a lot of violence without impact, and my issue with the violence in the movie was not that there was so much of it and that it was so bloodless and so without consequence, because I thought that was just part of the goofy 80s movie aesthetic yeah. that I rolled with. My issue was that it, it was so poorly shot.
1: Yeah, no, like, James Gunn is some... not an action director
2: there were some points where I literally was struggling following the course of action from shot to shot. And it was shot in such a way that made it... Feel Fake and unreal mm-hmm. It was really difficult to watch after having been Watching a bunch of Vikings That we just finished mainlining Because Vikings actually, Vikings season 2 Does a really good job of shooting its violence And making the violence feel Hyper real and very Violent, mm-hmm. like yeah. it feels very Physical and everything in Guardians of the Galaxy felt it's very plastic. And, yeah. yeah, Which was fine, I thought it Fit into that, you know, goofy a thing. I still don't understand how that movie got made. How Marvel gave them the money to do it. How yeah, it's Disney like gave them it's one of the most
1: popular Marvel movies now, too. It's. The, yeah. I, I think they came out and said it's actually the most popular movie of the year now, and
2: which is good. I like
1: if you're gonna have a big, uh, dumb, goofy popcorn flick that. Like, I'm, I'm glad to see that 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 is the one that is being the most popular, just because it is, it is so weird. But yeah, it's yeah. not per I mean, great, it's not perfect. We can complain about anything in, in, in any movie. But it's... I mean, I had a good time with it. But yeah, it's still I'm a I'm little...
2: glad it ex- I don't regret giving my money to it. Like, just yeah. the, to have a sci-fi movie with a lot of practical makeup... For alien effects yeah. is kind I of worth I still it. wish the villain, there was
1: more, like, the villain in there is such a goddamn, not even a cartoon, but just, like, like there's an empty he, void. That was a total waste of Lee Pace. Yeah, just, I, you could have put anyone in that role. And Yeah. I, yeah. I, I assume when they cast Lee Pace, they were, like, they, they cast him for Lee Le, Le Pace reasons, but... Uh, I'll yeah. just
2: say this. It's the kind of movie where who the fuck cares about the villain? You just need someone but that for the ensemble to like, Why against. do you, like, why is there a villain or anything it's just like, and his plan well, you is have so to vague.
1: Have... Like you don't even know why he's trying to destroy this planet. It's something like you know, he's he's upset at this planet it's, for uh, like he's kind a terrorist.
2: Of... But this is just kind of. That's, Bill, if there's anything that the American public can understand right now, it's the idea of a villain who wants to kill you just because you are a culture. (laughs) Well, they totally said, okay, well, we're going to
1: make him a a of Bin Laden in space, and we don't need to have any more justifications, just because, yeah, he's essentially having a holy war against this planet we don't care about.
2: Darling, if there's one thing this movie did not need, it was another character explaining the reason why they are because their family was killed. (laughs)
1: That's a good point. What do you think think of of Groot and Rocket?
2: Uh, I thought they were fine. Yeah.
1: I just like the scene where Rocky, Rocky gets drunk and starts yelling at everyone else, just because I thought it was that was such a weird scene. Yeah, a drunken I, CGI I, uh, raccoon just like flipping. It was out.
2: weird to have so much angst in such a goofy movie. Yeah, which is funny because everyone
1: considers it such a lighthearted movie, but everyone's driven by kind of fucked-up emotions. Yeah, everyone's yeah. kind of very kind of grubby-hearted. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's, but that, that's it the was, way a lot of people feel, though. That's how people connect with those characters, because everyone deep down feels like a schmuck. I don't mm-hmm. know, it, that's, that, that movie did a lot of smart things, but. It
2: was, it was a fun, enjoyable movie. I was surprised at how, how, um, foul it was, like, in the humor, and, oh, yeah, uh, in the language the, like, and everything. Where Chris Pratt's like talking about, uh, you did you don't want
1: to take a blacklight to a ship. And just yeah, like that.
2: and like, you know, oh, he got my dick message yeah. and all this stuff. It's like, I, that surprised me a little bit. And just the language. It just didn't seem to fit with the Marvel formula. It was, like, again, it felt like a weird 80s sci-fi movie yeah. that somehow got by the censors. So who so. should
1: play uh, uh, Star-Lord's dad in the next one? Do you get Briscoe County Jr.?
2: <laughs> Bruce Campbell? Yeah, I can see Sure.
1: That. Well, he's friendly with all those guys. Um. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. It was a pretty good movie. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. It was a fun trifle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill, what'd you do? Man, I just, man, Legend Core just wrapped up yesterday. That shit was fucking good. You still haven't seen any That's se- what of I the keep second hearing. season, right? Nope. Uh, it's definitely worth uh, brute forcing your way through the second season to get to the third stuff, because the third third season is consistently about as good as anything in the original Avatar show. Yeah, and yeah, no, it's just 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 really had had a nice, satisfying conclusion. Actually, the bad guys in the third season are just as interesting, if not more interesting, than some of the good guys. Hmm. Uh, you counterpoint to <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy, where they just have a big plastic toys of villain, like the villains in uh, the, the the third season of Korra is really good. They actually set up. Uh, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen with the fourth season of Korra. They don't. It, it's not necessarily left on a cliffhanger, but it is. Korra's changed enough where you're like man, what are they going to do with her character? She seems kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. But, like, it ends on a really weird note. Do they manage to do anything more interesting in Asami? With Asami, I should say? Man, more... <laughs> Every episode just feels more Korasami stuff. I'm kind of <laughs> wondering... I mean, they're, they're pretty much finished... Uh, season 4 they said they're they're practically done not practically finished with the uh, season 4 but it's all done and written and it's 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 off being animated right now and it sounds like season 4 is going to be done by the end of the year and so it's it's not like they have any time to change anything of the writing or in anything in season 4 I kind of wonder do you think do you think core could ever be the first cartoon that would actually have a, a homosexual main character no because I was kind of wondering even if they it, it it's 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 going to break everyone's heart if they end uh, The Legend of Korra with her getting together with Mako. I still think if they just made it so that she doesn't get together with Mako, but kind of leaves room for maybe, like, she's she and Asami or something, like... Cause she, 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 she and Asami. That despite the fact that you don't even see them together that often in the show, they are still one of the more interesting. Not even as a romantic couple, but just as like friends. Yeah. Uh, just, just, yeah. just, as like well, this kind of goes back to what we've talked about with Parks and Recreation before. It's so rare to see two ladies just being friends on a show, exactly. much less in a children's yeah. cartoon or in a sitcom. That their relationship is 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 yeah one of the more interesting. Uh, things on the show, and it would be nice if they kind of left that a little bit open ended. Depending, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, there, there's definitely fuel for Coruscant stuff. Hey, Bill, in the show.
2: here's my conspiracy theory. That? Do you think that Nintendo or Nintendo, that Nickelodeon didn't want to air Cora on the TV because it all turned super gay in season four?
1: Actually, people were suggesting because things get a little dark towards the end of season three, and that that was the big conspiracy theory is that they 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 didn't want to air. These dark, dark episodes on whatever uh, on on a kids network, but that's I'm out sure out
2: their, the failing ratings of Korra had nothing to do with it. Yeah,
1: exactly. The fact that no one was watching the show, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the sh- <laughs> ratings, man. And I'm I'm glad that they they committed to four seasons of the show before they started getting ratings in because there's there's no the show would have been canceled halfway through the third season if they didn't already have that four season commitment. But yeah, no, Korra got really. It's hard to talk about the spoilers and stuff, but it just, just got really nice. And uh, you got characters from the original show, more characters show up from, from the original show during the course of the season, and you learn out some, some more of the fates of the original characters and stuff, and, but even on that aside, like I said, core is, is actually strong enough on its two feet now, it doesn't necessarily re- need to rely on just characters from the old show showing up to make it good, it's actually mm-hmm. uh, it's just a really nice season, nicely nicely put together. So.
2: I'm glad to hear that it, it comes up because it was really pumping oh you know what
1: funny last night uh, Brian I think it was Brian Kunietzko on, on Tumblr uh, he put up a Tumblr post just saying hey, guys thank you for sticking with us <laughs> whatever guys are left watching this show thank you for sticking with us which through he even he even himself uh, described season two of Korb as being especially rocky so I'm glad to see that they're 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 not shying away from the fact that Korra the second season was pretty. Hmm, and but then he also thanks everyone for sticking through them with you know the jump to all digital and all that stuff and that was kind of mm-hmm. nice but yeah no it's, it's 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 a shame that you know just when the show is actually getting good is, is just when it kind of like ends up being stuck in the 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 just digital only doldrums of Nick.com but
2: I will yeah we're gonna do well while you were getting excited about Cora. My wife and I have, for the last two weeks, been mainlining Teen Wolf, (laughs) of all things. Watching so much Teen Wolf. Okay, okay.
1: Just for background sake, have you ever seen the original Teen Wolf movie or the uh, cartoon show? Nope. From the 80s? Okay, so describe to me, what is Teen Wolf about?
2: Teen Wolf is, uh, you know, Bill, I'm still thinking about this. I made this joke on Twitter, apologies. I think it's a metaphor for puberty. I don't know. Oh, my God. Still kind of shaky. This but, team will uh, still play basketball. He plays lacrosse now. What?
1: Well, I guess that is a more <laughs> physical sport. Like, you're knocking people over and well,
2: shit. Well, the big thing is, like, it's a very physical sport, but you have the mask, So ah. they can kind of, you know, mask the wolfing oh. out a little bit more. Um, it's very silly. Uh, it, in a lot of ways, it kind of scratches the... Um, uh, Buffy itch, in that it's just this goofy, supernatural thing with uh with high schoolers. And I fully was watching it, and I kind of was watching it, and I really got into the first season. It was fun. Second season started, wasn't paying attention, but then kind of got... It, it built a nice head of steam. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be a, a goofy like, enjoyably dumb show, like, the practical effects are pretty good, there are some genuine horror scares, though a lot of them are cheesy, and, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of fun, does we're halfway through Does Wolf get, like, a lady wolf girlfriend? His girlfriend is a wolf hunter! <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Oh,
1: why, is she, why is she hunting wolves? Especially in the modern day, like, like, how
2: does that work? There, uh... So there's this pack going on. The pack leader is one of the most hilarious characters because he's just this, uh... He's this totally bland character. He's just this weird. It's like the weird guy who hangs out at high school after he graduated. Oh yeah. He's this 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 dude who only turns teens into werewolves. It's ridiculous. And uh, anyway, he um. Is he like a pedophile, or like you know, that, that, no that, that's, that's a great mission statement. I want
1: to turn small. Not small children, but like yeah.
2: None of these actors are even remotely teens. Like they're maybe seventeen or older. In fact, just last night we watched an episode that was about the uh, the teen turning werewolf when he was a teenager. And what was so alarming was that they cast actual teenagers, and it was made all the stuff. It was really alarming because I was so used to seeing like like almost adults playing like thirty two year old old guys playing
1: eighteen year olds and shit like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It's like it's more like eighteen-year-olds playing thirteen-year-olds, and there's a oh wide that kind of thing. Gulf. There's a wide gulf between a thirteen and fourteen-year-old boy yeah, and a seventeen oh, that's, and an eighteen-year-old boy. Man, so we're watching this episode, and it has an actual teen, and it's all this about this romance between him and this girl that he's in love with, who is also played by an actual teen, and it was alarming. <laughs> what the does this shit air on? I have no. Oh, I think it's on MTV. It's on okay. I, which I should say I know of course because they have a lot of excessive musical cues. So, <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so how no, how is Styles on the show? Because that, that that's the only thing I remember about the original Teen Wolf.
2: Styles is the best part. His, his actor is actually really really good. Yeah, and he's a really good. So goofball. Styles is not
1: a werewolf, right?
2: He is not. Oh, okay, at least okay, not good, as of that, halfway that's, through season yeah. three. So but uh, yeah, he's 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 just a good friend to Scott, our protagonist, the teeniest wolf of the title. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, he... no, in the
1: original Styles was just like the best friend who just like wore sunglasses. They called him Styles because he had you know, he he, he was stylish. But like, <laughs> by virtue, like his only style was like he wore Ray Ban sunglasses, like in like the first scene he shows up in or something like that. Yeah. Uh,
2: Styles is called Styles because his surname is Stalinsky. Oh, okay, That's why he's yeah. called Styles in the show. Oh. No, he's genuinely the best part of the show. This kid is really interesting looking. He has great comedic timing. He's actually got good, pretty good. Okay, good yeah, Okay. He's hands down the best reason to watch this show. Fucking teen wolf. I know! I can't believe I'm watching Teen Wolf, much oh my less best of in it. It's a very good show to be kind of halfway paying attention to while you're yeah. doing something else. It's also hilarious because it's been a long time since I watched a show about teens mm-hmm. where the climax happens to coincide with like the fall four or whatever.
1: <laughs> Well, that kind of ties back into the Buffy stuff, yeah.
2: Yeah. But anyway, no, uh, it turns out that we learned that Scott, the werewolf, his girlfriend, is a. uh, a Her family is called the Argents, which is French for silver. Oh,
0: shit.
2: They're this family who hunt bad werewolves. They have this code that they don't necessarily kill werewolves because being a werewolf doesn't necessarily mean you're evil, but they do kill werewolves who kill. Yeah. They kill killer werewolves. Yeah. So um yeah it's all this conflict. Eventually Ty shows up from uh, Battlestar Galactica oh, really? as the the patriarch of the uh, the family you would know, make a good yeah. werewolf uh Trisha Helfer. She would actually oh man That's what I'm saying. Okay. My big beef with the show is the werewolf makeup in season one. Super rough. Yeah, gets better. It's Super just kind of like
1: gray putty on the face with like a little dog snout.
2: Well, they do the thing that um, it's, it's, like a guy, in, like, it's a guy. It's a guy dressed in a
1: Pluto costume
2: from Disneyland. No, they do the thing with the un- that the Underworld movies did too, where it's like the werewolves are almost kind of slimy. Oh yeah, and okay, like yeah. they're j- large but largely. Hairless. So this is another thing where you have werewolves
1: where they're not just turning into wolves, but like giant wolf monsters. They right? are like, shapeshifters. Yeah.
2: Excuse me, they're not shapeshifters. Yeah, they turn into basically wolf hy- hybrids, yeah. and um, the uh, uh, season two gets a little better. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, they they just introduced this other pack. This. Pack of all alphas. It's all a bunch <laughs> of alphas led by a super alpha. And the super alpha actually is played by the dude who voiced Fenris, one of my favorite characters <laughs> from Dragon Age 2. That's And weird. Balthier for my favorite Final Fantasy. They actually call these weird. guys like alphas and super alphas? They don't call him a super alpha. What but that's what
1: like? like. Yeah, okay, okay, well, okay. Well, because
2: Bill. In the werewolf packs, that you have your alpha, your beta. Oh, I know, I omega. know, but I didn't
1: know if that's, like, what everyone else is like. I'm the super alpha. You know, he, you know. he,
2: it's, he is, he is first among equals. I'll say that. Anyway, no, it's real dumb. And, uh, where was I going with that? I saw oh. something else. Oh, oh no, sh- okay, wait, hey, hold on. I where I was going with that. Half the people they cast as werewolves, they cast them just because they're pretty. And not because they're actually, On an like, MTV show? I know, and it's just so uh, Does Carson Daly play a
1: werewolf? What? Uh, does Carson Daly play a werewolf? No, Bill. Just, well, he's old enough now, he can a, really like, a werewolf That's a really cool joke grandpa. Of you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I want, man, I want someone, I wanted the, the people who made the Josie and the Pussycats movie to make the, uh, make the Teen Wolf movie.
2: Yes, agreed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're just, like, taking the piss out of the whole Teen Wolf uh, genre.
2: The thing is, is that it's a dumb show, and it knows it's a dumb show, and see it'll that's make, good. I'm glad to see it's kind of self-aware, self-aware aware enough to be like, like, yeah,
1: it's a little, yeah, it's it's, 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 not, it's
2: not great, but it's better than it has it. It's right not to trying be. to be
1: directly just Twilight, but it actually has a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, it's a more uh, uh, than
2: I, that. I, I have very low tolerance for urban fantasy bullshit, but I say that. But then I two two of the shows that I watch pretty regularly are now Teen Wolf and Lost Girl, so I need just to shut the fuck up and step the fuck off. Really, <laughs>
1: these shows kind of custom designed for like like 16 year old high school kids. yeah
2: this teen wolf is so funny though because it's like the uniform i wish i were more attractive to more attracted to more of the werewolves because the werewolves are all generally ripped and their default uniform is a variety of henley's it's as if like i were planning this like oh what if all the werewolves were henley's all the time are there any are there many lady werewolves Man, they're all dumb. We have we finally now, in season three, have a pretty good female werewolf. But it took that two long, is, yeah. Season two's female werewolf annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, and in this season, there's this dumb female werewolf who looks like a supermodel. And, like, she walks barefoot and, like, oh, my like, fucking God. <laughs> That's how she enough. connects with the Earth. Bleh. Yeah. Anyway, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. I've invested in Teen Wolf. Yeah. The only reason I bring up that, like, me. did
1: they turn into wolves or wolf monsters? Was uh, this week uh, trivia podcast I listened to their. I I follow their Twitter account on Twitter. Uh, they put out the. They put out the question this week. Uh, how many boobs do werewolf? Do female werewolves have? And I just posted like, if they're turning into wolf, they just have the same number of boobs that a wolf has, right? And like no. the spark that like, created debate is like what like when you like when you're a werewolf what do you turn into in the full moon do you turn into a wolf or do you turn into like a giant human shaped kind of wolf monster hybrid which in the movies kind of like have made it so it's like you turn into a giant monster not just like a dog but, Yeah. so okay which just makes more sense cuz like just I mean granted, you don't want to be chased by a wolf even just you versus one other wolf you're going to lose but cinematically, that, yeah, being chased by, like, essentially just like a wild dog is not that interesting. You, you, I, I could see why they turn have people turn into giants. I monsters,
2: would posit but. that it's not that interesting, mostly because it's so hard to get wolves that's the other thing too yeah to act yeah it's like the klondike thing where they're all wagging their tails and everything it's like you know there's only so much you can do there also we're so desensitized that we need something more horrifying like just a wolf was more than enough to scare people in like jack london novels so you know um the uh the other thing about teen wolf is that um, (laughs) the other
1: thing about teen wolf that's going on your tombstone
2: Fuck, now I can't remember what I was going to say. God <laughs> something,
1: damn it. Something, Uh I, well, I, I was asking about the Lady
2: Wool rules. I don't know if that was linked to what you. like. It's, it's all gone. Something. Teen Wolf is better than it has any right to no, be. Okay. It's not great. How many seasons are there, there now? I have no clue. I'm on
1: season. Three I can't and make half. fun of you for watching Teen Wolf because I watched like the first episode two of that Outlander show, which is all about like a lady, <laughs> lady nurse being sent back to like ancient Scotland. It was, how
2: did you? How have you watched Outlander? But I haven't. Yeah, it so well, I was watching be. it because it's Ronald D. Moore
1: and I like his stuff. But yeah, it's funny that you haven't seen. And, and like, I actually gave you the first episode too, and you saw
2: yeah. it. Yeah, you know. I. uh... I've been thinking lately, while we talked about this last episode, about the female gaze in media. That's the funny thing about Teen Wolf, is that Teen Wolf is, um, all the men in it are super sexualized, and it's not that the women aren't sexy, they're just not objectified to the degree that the men are. the women aren't the point, Yeah. But it's interesting, because the, the thing that it made me really think about a lot lately, and I have nothing more insightful to add to this, and this is really obvious to anyone who thinks about it for more than a second, but it's been making me think about how the fact that the female gaze equals um, male power fantasy, mm-hmm. to a degree that the male gaze does not equal female power fantasy. So, it's been, it's been an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sad, because my favorite character on Teen Wolf, the hunkiest, the hunkiest wolf... Died, oh. and I'm so sad. I'm like, it's the one guy who I would have cast in a werewolf TV show. The guy could actually around. grow a beard. No, but he's the guy who actually, when he walked around all ripped in a Henley, I was like, "Hey, girl, how you Aww. doing?" So I'm sad. I'm did sad he, that did he's he get gone. killed
1: by another wolf, or did he get killed by the, the the werewolf hunting clan? He
2: got killed by the alpha pack.
1: Oh my god,
2: <laughs> it was so upsetting. Did he get so. attacked by them while they were in wolf form, and he couldn't turn into a wolf and defend himself? There's something okay. They're not in. They 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 don't become wolves. There is there's only one character that we know of so far who actually becomes a wolf. And most part, they they like either become. They, there's like this this spectrum of like full wolfy beast and human. And at any given point, they can be anywhere along the spectrum. Like maybe they just have claws or their eyes are glowing or whatever. And and uh, there's something about wolf claws that I haven't been paying enough attention with that they can really fuck each other up. Oh, so okay. anyway, this is no longer interesting anymore. Hey Bill, what else do you have to talk about? This oh man, week? this
1: weekend uh, the Simpsons marathon started. So I guess we talked about this on the podcast before, but I guess uh, the Simpsons or, Fo- or the Fox Network is actually starting up a new cable channel that they're going to be showing a whole bunch of Simpsons stuff on, and they're I think they're also starting some kind of web app or something like that where they'll be streaming. You can pretty much stream any Simpsons episode you ever want, and so in order uh, to drum up. Uh, publicity for the launch of these two things i guess they decided that they're gonna have a marathon of all 552 simpsons episodes uh for not just for the next week but for like 12 straight days that's how long it will take them to air every simpsons episode ever made over the like for 24 hours a day it'll take them 12 days because it's what 24 seasons and you know each Mm -hmm. season is like you know 24 episodes and yeah, so for twelve, yeah, they just started this up like three or four days ago. Uh, right now, they're in the middle of season seven, I think, uh, which is which actually means that the uh, golden era of the Simpsons is about to wrap up on the marathon because the uh, the golden era ends around season eight. So, but yeah, no, for the last couple of days, it's been wall to wall Simpsons stuff. Uh, the funny thing is, you can only get it through cable, but people have been posting streams quote-unquote illegal streams of it online. I've, I've actually been able to watch a couple of those. And the interesting thing is, not just the, the streaming of all these Simpsons episodes, but uh, writers from The Simpsons have been on Twitter, essentially doing Twitter commentary for a lot of these episodes that have been airing. Uh, just late last night, well, yesterday I went to a wedding, but as soon as I came home, I started watching The Simpsons stream again. And uh, Josh uh, Weinstein and Bill Oakley, uh, two of the showrunners during the golden era of The Simpsons, uh, they spent they were up until like two AM last night just uh, just uh, posting just Twitter commentary about the, the all these episodes that they'd, they'd been a part of. And so that's just kinda of really cool, like kind of a mixing of social media and you know, the the, the the show being shown and stuff like that. As a Simpsons fan it's just a kind of really weird, unique event that that's that's been going on this weekend. Yeah. So Yeah, not just not, not not just the airing of the shows themselves, but like yeah, watching all these writers kinda just just like show up on on social media and just talk about the stuff has been pretty cool so but yeah simpsons yeah it's all still good um but yeah just been watching a lot of that uh i finally caught up with gravity falls or at least pseudo caught up i caught up the the gravity the second season of gravity falls just started this week maybe last week but regardless Mm -hmm. uh i'd been saving most of the episodes from the first season for a rainy day because when I first got into the show when it first launched, like, two years ago, I was like, oh, man, this show's awesome. But I've been very slowly watching episodes. And, like, by very slowly watching Gravity Falls episodes, I mean watching, like, an episode every six months. Because <laughs> they only had, like, maybe 12 episodes in the first season. And I yeah. didn't want to, like, waste them. And so I finally right. finished, like, yeah, the last uh, episode of the first season. Just, like, like yeah, uh, like, last week. Just in time to finish the, to start the new season.
2: Have you watched much Gravity Falls? Yes, I have. Because I know we've, we've talked, talked about, about it in the podcast the before,
1: but I can't remember if you'd watched, like, just an episode or two. or if. You've, or... I've
2: watched the whole first half of the first season.
1: Okay, yeah, and I, I just finished the second half. I think the last time we talked about Gravity Falls, we were pretty much, like, we had both just watched the first half. Yeah, it's a good show. It's, 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 it still continues to be very cute. and I guess now they're getting more into all the weird lore of Gravity Falls, uh, because this whole thing about the kids find this magic book that has, like, all kinds of weird spells and stuff in it. I think that's becoming mm-hmm. more of a thing. And, uh, yeah, Gravity Falls is just, uh, still super, super cool and super pretty. Um, have you played
2: P.T. yet? No, I played, like, all of three seconds of it before I was like, fuck you! Annie, you have <laughs> to stream
1: yourself playing P.T. It.
2: Nope. If you're gonna play that? <laughs>
1: let other nope. people watch.
2: I already deleted it oh, from no. PlayStation 4.
1: And I will pay you $50 to play it
2: pt uh-huh we'll just add it to
1: your tab I know, exactly, yeah um i got stuck in that game i,
2: I read i read I, excuse me i watched the video explaining how to get the third baby cry at the end of the what? pt like demo and i was just like fuck you i played that how far into the okay so for
1: people don't know pt is the uh, this, de- uh, this demo of the next silent hill game that came out on playstation 4 um how far into the demo did you get
2: I got literally, I was walking down the hallway and I was like, no, oh, no, what, honestly, what happened was, um, it was a couple of days into Ferguson and Foley and I were really in a dark place yeah. and we were started playing it. We so decided and- to play P.T.? Well, no. My thing is, is that the we're walking down the hall and Foley couldn't like there. Foley, I didn't. I kind of tuned it out. Yeah. Foley was like, I don't want to play this because there was a TV announcer, a radio announcer in the game oh, yeah. talking about a person who killed their family, and Foley and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, no, and turned it off and deleted it from my console. Oh, really? So. That was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got into the same
1: thing where I was walking down the hallway and I got stuck because I didn't realize like there's this like uh, bathroom door where there's like you can hear the sounds of a crying baby behind it i didn't realize you have to like cl- like click in one of the thumbsticks to like zoom in on the door and it'll crack open and you can open the door and go into the bathroom i didn't even know you had to do that so uh for the first time i played i spent a half an hour going through this loop of going through the hallway again <laughs> uh, to the Jeez. point where like it's no longer uh it stopped being creepy and it was just like okay yeah. it's like being stuck on a carnival ride where exactly like things are kind of broken down where or like, or like in a haunted mansion kind of thing, like where it's like, okay, well, I, I don't know how to get out of here. It's stopped being scary. I'm just, I just want to go home and take a shit. Yeah. 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 So, and uh, then I actually, somebody on Twitter pointed out to me, I think it was like, a, I, I hate DRM. I think either that or Grumpy Turtle was like, no, Bill, go to the bathroom door, click on the thumbstick, zoom in. And so I went into the bathroom and there's like this crying deformed baby in the sink. And that was the only other thing happening in the bathroom, and I couldn't figure out to do anything else, and I said, fuck it, I just shut it off, and that was it. It's is
2: not my idea of fun. <laughs> it looks Jesus gorgeous, Christ. though. It's
1: one of the best-looking oh, console games I've ever seen.
2: And by I games, like, I mean it's screenshot- like
1: Tiny Demo, but Yeah.
2: I like the screenshot someone posted. That was just a screenshot of the hallway, yeah. and they corrected it. They basically corrected the levels and made it look like just a. So the lighting was a little more naturalistic, and it looked like a fucking just photo. Yeah, and of you, there's like hallway. a person
1: standing at the end of the hallway too. And yeah, it really yeah. does just look like a photograph. Um, but
2: yeah, just even the
1: textures, like like uh, the the floor work in the hallway is kind of crisscross pattern, and the way it kind of reflects off the floor just looks very realistic. And I mean, who knows what the final game is going to be like? But just as a, as a little free gameplay experience, is pretty interesting. Especially that's, this is kind of the cool things, uh, so this demo dropped uh, during the big Gamescom uh, video game summit in Germany, and the, that was a great thing, like in the middle of a press conference, they said, oh yeah, we got this free demo, try it out now for free, we just uploaded the to, to PlayStation uh, network. I thought that was a great thing to do for. I'm kind of mm-hmm. surprised more companies don't do stuff like that for for video game uh, festivals and stuff for like E3 and, and things. Because
2: you got to build the hype machine. Well, you kind of do. But like,
1: it was great to have something like where they can say, "Well, we have this crazy thing. We just showed you this crazy trailer, and you can play it now." Yeah. Well, they
2: did. Um, they did something similar at the um, mm. E3 or whatever the fuck, where they were like, "Here's this game entwined, and you can play it now." Only and no one gave a
1: crap. No one. i would <laughs> never heard anyone talk about that. Well I just like another like RC game uh yeah, I don't know, so
2: But yeah, but I, I having said that, it's a trend that I I agree I would be it's fine to see
1: continue. Um so what else?
2: Well, what else? I beat Guacamelee. That was a fun game, and you did it while streaming online, so people got to watch you beat Guacamele. Yeah, which I'm grateful for because there was one part that I could not progress beyond. I spent I was stuck 45 minutes on this one fucking level. Oh, was that like was the teleport? The,
1: the, like te- yeah. teleportal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bill,
2: had you not told me to do that, I would never have beaten Guacamelee. I, I got stuck I in the stop same place. Playing. Yeah, there's this one part
1: where Annie had to pre- like jump into a portal, but. Uh, She was doing the right thing, but, like, in order to do it, like, make the portal do this, like, very specific thing, like, she had to, like, slide down a wall just, like, half an inch and then do the thing she was doing, and, yeah, I learned, yeah, yeah, so... I'm glad I got up yet You know If you just waited six months To, uh, to beat Melee, We could have done that thing They announced at Gamescom Where like I could take over your controller And play it for you For ten seconds Or whatever the hell Oh that sounds be.
2: gross Have you not heard about that? No that sounds disgusting Or where, like You're
1: supposed to be able to play Like with other people Co-op Like on the same screen Even though the other people Don't own a copy of the game
2: well, I heard about that because they were talking about Far Cry. Like, how you can play Far Cry with someone even if they don't have a copy.
1: Yeah. It will, and, and, like, this is supposed to be something that you can do with every PlayStation 4 game. And people were already talking about, like, well, you, what if you're a really good video you can play and you could actually make money by whoring out your skills by beating games for other people and stuff like that. But, yeah. So, but yeah, guacamele. I'm I glad you had say, a good time.
2: My, some of my favorite... Game streaming is not something that really appeals to me, but some of my favorite moments in game streaming has been... Like, like that moment, like where you guys were able to help me out and encourage me when I was frustrated, that was actually really helpful. And at some point Foley and I were um, waiting for I think like the Sony live stream. Oh, we were waiting for the um, Last of Us um, one night. Five live oh, yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before that, Foley popped on someone's live stream of Sniper Elite 3 and this guy was stuck and Foley was able to coach him aww, through cool. everything aww. and it was actually really sweet and kind of like heartwarming yeah. and I was like, aww. So that's that's very the nice. aspect of, of streaming I can get behind. Well, she just like anyway, saying, yeah.
1: watch out, there's going to be a guy over here and you yeah, yeah? She was, Yeah, she was
2: like giving him advice because that, no. that game is all about but very methodically plotting things out and you can do things different ways. So. Yeah, that game
1: seems to be like, like it would be as much like almost like a puzzle game as much it'd be an action game in terms of like exactly. knowing who's gonna be where and what you know where to shoot from this guy from this angle and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um,
2: so, well, um, but yeah, Guacamole is really cute. I actually really liked the very ending. Like I really enjoyed it. Like weird. not just so much the boss. You know but what? I just found bitch. out just recently. There's supposedly there's
1: supposed to be two endings for the game. A good ending and a bad ending. And you got the same ending really? I got. And I don't know if that's supposed to be the good ending or what. Huh? It's kind of morose enough. I can it's... imagine that's the bad ending.
2: I, but I really liked it yeah that's what I'm saying so. I don't want I don't, I to spoil the end of the game because it is actually very cute but I really enjoyed it it was yeah. just kind of a sweet quiet little kind word. of that, but... thing yeah the, the art direction and the music and the sound design of that game is so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. that uh, And I will say, I am I, the reason why I had poo-pooed it before on this very podcast is because you get to a certain point and um, they introduce you to this one guy who will help you train your combos, and the implication is that you really have to be proficient in combos to proceed through the game. And I know that this version is a kind of tweaked and balanced edition yeah. from the original launch, but... Um, I was really put off by that because I am not very good at combos. I'm just not. I don't have I'm the attention. you pretty good at combos
1: while I was playing with you, but I can see like that's not your preferred way of playing. There's though, a yeah. difference
2: between I can do like I can chain <laughs> attacks together and I can press a very specific sequence of eight buttons. Yeah. You know exactly with perfect timing, or I will instant fail. Well, towards the end, the
1: end of that life. game, you get stuck with some enemy, not just specific enemies, but enemy combinations in some rooms that are just infuriating. Like. Uh, yes. Even worse than the boss, uh, even worse than the main boss at the very end of the game, there's one room where you end up fighting a whole bunch of like these ghost guys who like use this ghost force power against you, and you end up having to fight like eventually like twelve of those guys in this really lengthy gauntlet in this one room where if you die you have to start the whole gauntlet over again. And, yeah, Annie got stuck in the same place where you really just have to be super patient. And, like, there are these guys, they, 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 they throw these for- ghost force sh- uh, force fields at you, and you have to roll through the uh, the force fields so you don't get hurt, and the timing has to be very correct. and But, yeah, Annie, Annie blew past that faster than I did. She beat the end boss faster than I did. So, yeah, Annie's like a but, goddamn Guacamelee champion.
2: My point is, is that the game was not very combo-requiring, yeah. really. Well, I am just and saying, they
1: maybe not combos, but there's still some very... Timing specific shit in that game, like yeah,
2: I could do timing to some degree. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, what put me off was the whole combo. Yeah, thankfully
1: thing. there's not many much in the way of the in, in the game of like like bosses or anything. You have to take that one with specific combos. There's certain exactly. there's certain attacks you have to use on Truth. certain enemies and stuff like that. But I
2: can press two buttons exactly. Those yeah. Those <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's, yeah, you know the word for it's not like playing Street Fighter where you have to learn how to like you know like half circle uppercut you know press up, down, yeah. So,
2: And what I really did like about the game is that the, there are, once you finish it, I would say they're like, what, at least six to eight specialized attacks or moves? Yeah. You know? But th- the game is very good about being pretty slow in in, in meeting them out. Mm-hmm. So, like, you really have a chance to learn and master an ability before you get your next one.
1: Well, you know, so. one of the other complaints you had when, you first, uh, when we, we, we first talked talk about Gwaka Melee you were talking about how you, you don't care much for uh, Metroid-style games where you have to kind of wander mm-hmm. around. So it seemed, it seemed mm-hmm. like you got over that for this game, at least.
2: It, it's um, where I was, again, I, I kind of hit a wall with that game. I didn't really understand the language of the game. I wasn't fluent in the language of the game yet, mm-hmm. so I d- wasn't clear to me where to go next and how to proceed. But once I figured out where to go and whatever, I had a great Although time. Although I did
1: like the fact you blew through a lot of the fights with Polio Power. <laughs> fuck yeah and he would go through these entire lengthy hallways this whole gauntlet's filled with like a dozen enemies just as a chicken yeah in the yep. game one of those superpowers you get, you just turn into a chicken you can just run past enemies and that's why he was it was, super,
2: I was like fuck these
0: guys it would, it would be
1: great because you like do you'd, you'd actually engage in a huge fight beat the shit out of a boss and then suddenly there'd be a gauntlet right after the boss and like you just turn into a chicken just like run right past him it was fucking hilarious it. well also i could. have like And you played that game the way it's made to be played, is that you played as Tostada, the female protagonist.
2: Well, see, what I really liked about... Uh, I know that other. I know. I think we've talked about this. Bill, I think I Bill and Jacob this, yeah. had issues with this. But when you play as the female model, they don't change any of the nouns or any of the uh, the name of the protagonist or any of the gender pronouns or anything. Yeah. So it's essentially playing in drag mode. Because I specifically played as um, the female model dressed as the dude model, See, that's how and I then later too, yeah. in a suit. So I was like, I felt like I was playing in drag mode, which was actually kind of empowering in a weird way that I can't quite. Explain, so uh, well, especially when uh, yeah, you got the really sexy great.
1: female sorcerers hitting on you.
2: It was it was really great. Yeah. it is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Guacamea, I'm good I Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I'm, uh, really I'm glad, glad you, you dug it. it. Yeah. So um, the other thing, the other thing that's been occupying a my of time, really for the last two weeks, I've been watching Teen Wolf or starting to get serious about my wedding oh, because my, God. my I'm not getting married until the end of next June, but my sister is like, you need to be like wor- working on your wedding like now. Like yeah, it's like applying for ago. college.
1: You have to plan ahead, yeah.
2: So, I've been hitting myself over the head trying to find a venue in town. And we went and toured a venue yesterday. And I won't name names because the guy was very sweet. And the venue could be really great. And they are in the process of getting better. Like, they just changed hands. So, they're improving. And who knows? By next June, they may be a better venue. But it was like the most amazing and skeezy venue possible. What was the venue? I literally just said I'm not going to date <laughs> No, no, I saying like what was like? Describe the venue It's just what I'm about to do Yeah. So it's, it's this large ballroom um, that uh, With a bar attached And then there's an upstairs area that looks out in the ballroom That has a bar And kind of this um, balcony that looks out over it And on the balcony that looks out over it They have pool tables And ski ball And Pac-Man and Donkey Kong And all these great machines What's wrong with it then? It is the skeeziest, crappiest place. It breaks my heart because oh. if, if it were really remodeled, it could be a rad ass venue. No, like that if they sounds replaced, fantastic. If they updated the drapery and if they painted and they replaced the lighting and like, it's a really cool spot. It used to be. Here, I'm gonna give a lot of details. Locals will probably be able piece, to piece this it together. Out.
1: Yeah, if you live in Portland, uh, yeah.
2: It originally was built as uh, there's a local company called Columbia Sportswear, and it was originally built as the building where they literally made gloves and overcoats for Columbia Sportswear, it was their plan. Mm-hmm. And then in like the 50s or 60s, it was renovated. And for the longest time, the main ballroom space was a western bar. Like there was actually like a mechanical bowl in the middle of the floor. Oh, wow. And then the upstairs space was a strip club. <laughs> So, and then it, it turned into a concert venue, and he's touring us around, and it's it's really, like, more of a event space than any sort of wedding space, which I liked in that Although I don't events, want to have a fucking... That could be kind of cool, though, at the same time, depending on the yeah. quality of the space, yeah. Because I don't really want a fancy-ass ballroom or anything like that. I don't. Yeah. I really just want to have a party, and the more I think about it, if I'm going to find a place that doesn't do catering, where I can do whatever I want, we're just going to order a shit ton of pizza and a shit ton of pie <laughs> and call it good. Like, really, that's You're all I want to do. Oh
0: my gosh. And,
2: um, but, uh, so they're uh I'm talking to him and he's like well let me show you the green room where you get ready and it's like it's like this he made the joke before we did he's like this is gonna be kind of like spinal tap and it's true because it's down this is actually like a performance space so we go down through this crazy winding corridor of cement halls oh, wow. until finally we get to this one long hallway and he sh- shows us into these rooms and one of these rooms I posted a picture of it to Twitter because I could not believe that he showed this to me yeah. they had just been painted it. So it's this white cement room with an unfinished ceiling and a single bulb in it and sitting in the middle of the room is a folding chair. And he's like, yeah. So this could be for the bride to get ready. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, we just painted it. it. Used to look really skeezy. I'm like, dude, you are not showing this in the best. Also, way. to be fair, if you're telling the guy
1: that you're thinking about just ordering pizza for everybody, he might think that that might be acceptable to you.
2: Bill, I never said this out loud to them because <laughs> okay, I care. Okay, 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 okay yeah. I don't assume anything about the menu space. Because, yeah, no, that photo looks menus- horrifying. Yeah. It was I mean it's just hilarious. For I
1: mean as it a room it's not terrible but for like where you think a bride would get ready for her wedding is not like it looks like a place where you'd store old books or something like yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's like, not uh, it's not ben a dressing Coleman. room.
2: Ben Coleman made the joke that we call this the CIA uh, rendition chamber, and that's really what it is. Yeah. So it's it's a cute venue. I would have a party there. I'm not going to have
1: my wedding there. I'll no. say that.
2: Well, it sounds but like so. maybe
1: you could have your wedding there if you were having your wedding in two years and they had a chance to, over the course of the next year, kind of straighten it up I don't, a little bit. Like,
2: their priorities are to make it a better event space for the kind of events they have, which means, like, a better PA system and everything They're like that. They're not going to worry about fixing up that dressing room? Well, that, who the fuck cares? I mean, really, <laughs> who the fuck cares about that? Is, I'm just talking about painting uh, the main stage. Yeah, space. I, know, I know, I know, I
0: know.
2: Having a stage that doesn't look like, you know, like what it is, which is a hard-working stage. Are there any front-runner venues now? Well, this is the first one we toured. We're going to tour another one later this afternoon. What What kind so. of place? uh just a a ballroom sort of thing so but anyway yeah man i kind of went into this whole wedding thing with the fantasy that i could have a wedding for under ten thousand dollars and i did not know that that was a fantasy
1: fuck what you do is you wait until you're old and you have collected a whole bunch of money and then just have a marriage right before you guys both die or something
2: there we go there we go you guys guys are already married anyway this is just the ceremony my, according to Foley, we're going to die right when our bodies start failing us. Really hardcore. We're just going to do a murder Why suicide. Why don't you just
1: do so. a cruise ship wedding, dude? It can't be as, as ridiculous as possible. You I have no personal responsibility. Free food. Uh huh. Yeah, do like a yeah. Disney cruise.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Aw, come on. Yeah. Actually,
1: uh, yes, that... Bill.
2: That will be less than ten thousand dollars. Would it be? Well done. You just don't uh-huh. get to pay for decorations or anything like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Bill. I dare you. Look at how much a Disney cruise costs. Let's see how much more than $10,000 it is. I will totally do that. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck wedding planning, man. Oh, I'm just, man. It cracks you up. Like, all, even that venue, it was, uh, he thought that he could get us, because we were doing it on an off day and everything like that, he thought he could get the price, the venue price down to $1,800. Wow. That's just to get in the door. Fuck this! Yeah, I was
1: recommending. Uh, I went to a wedding yesterday that was in a large rhododendron garden here in Portland, and uh, from what I heard, that for renting out that venue, that was fifteen hundred bucks right there.
2: Woof! Everybody here in it town doesn't make doesn't Garden wedding? Was super Which,
1: goddamn beautiful, though.
2: Oh, it's it's gorgeous. A lot of these venues are beautiful. Uh, they, uh, a lot of people in town do a McMinimins wedding because at McMinimins, it's this local chain of restored, um, beautiful, historic buildings. They do all this cool shit, and they do all the catering and everything. For At McMinimins, they have a room rental fee rolled into the catering fee, so if you hit a minimum for catering, then the room is free, and all the space is free, and all the service is free. I'm starting to see why everybody does that, because Man. fuck this. So boy. Disney Cruise, uh, it sounds like according
1: to the internet, it's roughly about hundred $100 per day per person.
2: And if you invite a hundred people... Then no, I'm saying... No, 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 when I say Disney Cruise, I'm person. just talking about
1: you two guys. Not inviting everyone else. I'm just talking about you guys go on a fucking... And if you guys see a nice little island that you happen to, like, coast by,
2: you just jump off and just live there. Bill, I think the word you're looking for to describe that
1: is honeymoon. Yeah! That's <laughs> It fuck is not a friends, wedding. Just do the awesome... You know what? Ideally... I think that's the thing where, like, you know, having a ceremony for a wedding is nice and everything like that, but if you guys would rather take that $10,000 and spend it on a fucking badass honeymoon, we'll meet you at the airport and say goodbye. That could be the wedding ceremony where it's like, hey, guys, and then we see you off on your plane, and that's it, and you actually spend the $10,000 on something that's going to be awesome for you guys.
2: You sound exactly like Foley. Yeah. You fuckers are like, don't do a wedding. No a wedding is like it's like I feel about my wedding the way I feel about my birthday or Christmas except it's the only birthday slash Christmas that I get in my entire (laughs) life I'm going to have a party fuck all of you fuckers all you fuckers negativity I'm tired of your bullshit get on team we're having a party (laughs) or get out that is my thing that's totally fine too (laughs) Uh, oh. Anyway, uh, the other thing I did this week was I bought a Chromebook. i am been uh, – I've needed some sort of laptop to just have to be a workbook. And uh, I've been looking – I've been wanting to just get a fucking netbook for a while, but I got burned because I got a cheap-ass netbook. I remember it that. Worst- it was a piece of shit. It was the worst piece of shit computer I've ever had. I very much so got what I paid for, which is very little, so I got very little. But um, reading into Chromebooks, so I was like, okay, this seems more my speed. I found a Chromebook for three hundred and twenty bucks. Comes with lifetime data, like lifetime mobile data. I don't understand how this works. I don't, know what, that I don't means. know what I looked. I looked at like the fine print and everything, and it's like I don't doesn't sound like I have to sacrifice my firstborn child to do it. But I'm just like, how the fuck is this a real thing What's lifetime data? Well, it's like, so when you have a mobile phone or something, and you, you, whenever you use data in the world, it takes data, right? And it's usually like, what, 50 bucks so wait, a So does
1: this broadcast data over like a network? It's not just like, like Wi-Fi or anything like that? Like, it's a well, it'll, proprietary... It'll,
2: it'll, it- It'll default to Wi-Fi, but otherwise, on if you're outside of Wi-Fi, it's like T-Mobile network. Doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. You know, I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, are you kidding me? It's just such a weird, unexpected thing. So it seems to work okay. Like, have you tried? I don't have it yet, man. So I, have bought computers online before. It's usually what I do, and but this was like, man, I ordered, I placed the order, and then I get the phone call. Like 24 hours later, that someone leaves this gobbledygook message for me, and I can't really hear it, but I hear that they're from the place order my be yeah. from. So like I called back, and they apparently just were trying to. It was like a fraud prevention thing. Okay. But I had to be on the phone for 45 minutes to prove that I was me and I was ordering. Wow. This laptop. Okay, yeah. I had to go through jump through more hoops to get this 300 dollars laptop that I have had to spend thousands of dollars on on like fucking yeah, like, actual like, grown up like computers more work than
1: buying a fucking car. What place did you? You buy this book from? I got it through HP. Man, or what is the most you've ever spent on a pair of shoes? On a pair of shoes?
2: Yeah. Um, probably 125 bucks. Yeah, that's about
1: what I spent for the dress shoes no. for the wedding yesterday. Wait, two twenty-five? Really? Boots what are, what kind of cowboy shoes?
2: boots are expensive. Cowboy boots are expensive. Oh, cowboy! Oh, My-
1: cowboy boots. That makes sense. There's there's so much leather in those things. Just from a sheer, yeah. just like not even the stylized or, uh, just, yeah, just from the sheer amount of product that goes into making one of those things makes sense.
2: Dude, dress shoes are expensive. Yeah, so? I
1: mean, granted, even for dress shoes, that's that's probably got to be pretty dirt cheap compared to some dress shoes you can get, like you know, if you're trying to dress like James Bond. But yeah, yesterday, uh, I I grew up, I became an adult because uh, two things that have never happened to me before happened. Uh, I accidentally butt dialed somebody, which I've never done before, <laughs> and, while I was at the wedding. And when I came out of the bathroom at the wedding, I had toilet paper trailing from my dress shoes, which <laughs> that stereotype had never happened to me before, but it happened yesterday. So yeah. Yesterday, I became a man. Aww, um, good on you, Fred. But, you yeah, know, what else I've been doing? I uh, played Wolfenstein. Beat Wolfenstein. Then The new Wolfenstein, the new Order game. Which, yeah, you said you and uh, Jimmy actually went in on, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I played about ten minutes, and so I was like, fuck this game. I echo everyone else. I was actually kind of surprised by... I kind of like the characters and stuff in that game. I'll give it another shot, because I've heard that from enough people, but I am not... I could not be in less of a mood to um,
1: shoot people right now. See, I was really... I hate the Nazis so much. (laughs) The Nazis have done so much personal damage to me and my family. No, but like, yeah, you know what? Actually, it was one of those things where it was kind of a stress reliever for me. Especially because everything is so black and white in that game where the Nazis are so fucking evil that, like, is so far removed from everything else that's been going on. Like, this is just my own personal things. I'm not trying to convince you or tell you why you're wrong or anything like that, too, but, like, it was funny because, like, I was playing this game while, like, the world was going to hell over the course of the last month, and it was actually kind of a nice... I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was a good time. I, I, I had a fine time with it. The ending is kind of terrible, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ending is really kind of abrupt and, like, kind of like a non-ending, which is unfortunate, because, mm. like, I, like I said, I like some of the characters and stuff, and... And uh, it, one of the interesting things in the game, which I had heard people talk about, but I forgot, is that there's a certain point early on in the game where you have to make a choice. And that choice kind of changes the course of the story. So essentially, like, it's it's justification to go in, back and playing the game again, like making mm-hmm. the the, 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 uh, the other choice that you didn't make. And I'm kind of curious to see what happens because there's actually a lot of stuff in the game I had heard about from people talking about the game that I didn't experience because I guess I made the different choice than what they had made. Uh, hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's it's in the gameplay's fine. It's, it's very kind of like, you know... Very basic first-person shooter feels like a first-person shooter from like you know, like 15 years ago because it's just very kind of like just kill, kill, kill. There's not like a lot of like, you know, you're not like hacking turrets or anything like that. It's funny, I've been watching JoJo. He's been playing System Shock 2 on the Mac.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, which, you know, that that that's... Was that the, the last game Ken Levine had done before making the original Bioshock?
2: No. He'd made uh, Freedom Force in between. Or something like that. I but understand. it's
1: funny to see, you know, because, like, System Shock 2 is, you know, that that was the series before Bioshock where, you know, first-person shooter, and, you know, you're a cyborg rather than being, like, you know, biologically altered and stuff like that. But it's funny to see yeah. JoJo doing a lot of the Bioshock stuff, like hacking turrets. And it's a first-person yeah. shooter with all the stu- other stuff piled on top of it. But it's just like
2: Bioshock literally wears that reference on its sleeve. It is called Bioshock. That's what I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's like I'd never seen any of the System Shock games, so it's funny to see JoJo go back and kind of playing the original series and kind of seeing like where some of the bits and pieces. The from Big
2: Mamma Jamma. Yeah. So and that. Uh, yeah. The only other gaming thing I did this week was I finally beat uh, episodes two and three of Kentucky Route Zero. Yeah, how's that? Fuck that game is beautiful. Is that still how many episodes are there? Because I bought that whole thing and I still I
1: didn't even know this. The more episodes have come out.
2: There, it's three of five. I want to say oh,
1: okay. So three are out of five of them.
2: Man, that shit's been going um, on for
1: like a year and a half now.
2: It's they take their sweet time. No, it's just Man, fine. those games you know, are. That's the to reason be
1: a game that only like three people are working on.
2: Yeah, the reason why it took me so long is that I had played episode two or excuse me, act two. Uh, in the, on my wife's computer and another computer, and in both cases, lost my save. Oh, no. And it's it's a sort of game where playing this playing it over again that quickly just kind of diminishes the beauty of it and yeah. everything like that. But, man, fuck this game. I mean, there's not really much to say about it. It's just that, it, that it's a beautiful, beautiful game, and I like the tone that it hits. It's very easy to be critical of it as, like, just... I've heard people just dismiss it as, like, oh, it's like freshman high school lit scrabblings and, like... Like uh, it's just like art school bullshit, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, I, I find it to be a very soothing and enjoyable thing. So, and also I like the I like the tone of sadness that it hits and loneliness that it hits. Yeah, so. I still
1: haven't played it beyond the first uh, episode, but like,
2: really, honestly, you could play nothing but the first episode and get a pretty damn good experience. Okay. Of Kentucky Red not, not like
1: so. It's not like radically changed since that first episode in terms of like the the style of the game or the content.
2: Oh I, no, I it's okay. exactly the same thing. And walking. really, are you it's, still going it's... around
1: like on, on like a map from city to city and stuff like that too between between set pieces?
2: Yes and no. Oh okay. I mean it's it's pretty much it's it's pretty much exact. It's more of the same. Oh, okay. So it's it's but I do I, I just enjoy that same the sound so much. design.
1: Just just even the yeah. sound design in those games, shit
2: there's a part in um, I really like the music in the games yeah. and there's this there's this dumb song in episode excuse me in act 3 called it's too late to love you now that's part of this interactive moment that I've had stuck in my head since I finished playing it uh, it's just like the, those games are just so I like them I just find them so refreshing and soothing and, and weird and other and the tone they hit is something that is very close to my heart yeah, so. I had a good time with it then. shit. Bully to those
1: jerks. Did you see this? the last episode of the second season of The Walking Dead is supposed to come out next week?
2: No. Yeah, yeah they announced that stuff so, so close to release. It's, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, I just saw that just on some kind of random. Somebody mentioned it on Twitter, which is funny because I hadn't seen anyone else talk about it. Which shows shows how no one seems to really give a shit about that second season, which is a real damn shame
2: i love i love that you you from your bubble you judge things from your bubble and you're like this isn't my bubble therefore no one cares you mean my bubble in that like you
1: know like me reading neogaf and watching like pretty much half of gaming journalism on twitter and no one's talking about it i i am, I, is- I, it's my perspective from my bubble but i got a pretty big fucking bubble
2: I know you do. I know you do. But the sale—it's still doing fine with sales. That I guarantee you, we're gonna still see us. Oh, I'm season not saying like is. no one's
1: buying it, but like man, it everyone would not shut the fuck up about the first season. Man, no, like it's just no one. Yeah. Like just everyone, just the few, even the people who are playing the second season don't seem to give a shit about the, uh, the the, it's the, just, the finale.
2: Like I said, I feel bad for the folks involved with season two because season—the trick of season one was something that's very hard to duplicate. Yeah. You know, and it's very hard to follow in the heels of. And I totally understand why they did what they did, but Clementine is just not that compelling a character, and it's just not. It's hard to get emotionally involved in um, in the decisions she makes in this shitty world. When like before, you were at least trying to you were you were another person trying to protect her innocence, and that made her cipherness more impactful but in season two she's there's just granted there's not really ability for there to be much to her because she is just trying to survive from moment to moment but it's just uh, it's there's just not a lot of there there
1: also from what i'm hearing just the writing is just not as good even aside from like the built-in dynamics of like maybe they shouldn't have done a whole second season based on clementine but i've heard that like yeah, just just for other reasons, it's just not hanging together all that well. Like there's some 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 bad story making decisions. So
2: it's you know, I, Telltale's stru- model is so weird, in and 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 in, in their sequel structure is so weird. Like when they just kind of build on success, it's not. And their lead time is so fast mm-hmm. That it just doesn't give you a lot of Like you can have a first game that's very thoughtful And they have a lot of time For it to bake and figure things out To some degree And then when you're trying to do a sequel You just kind of have to build on the success of the first And that's just the restriction of that is just, it, The way that Telltale deals with it is kind of interesting So yeah Oh Walking Dead Have you done anything else? No, that's enough. We talked for an hour. Yeah. I figure we could take a break here and go to Geek Week and review. Yeah, the only the
1: other stuff I've done is watched uh, watched Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. I got I, it's funny I got like well the spoilers Robin Williams died and that got me watching Aladdin again. But like going back to like watching some of the old golden era Disney movies. Actually, well, I, I watched those with uh, Dylan last week. Man, those movies fucking cracked me up. I that's had, funny. I had not seen Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin since they were first out. Yeah. And man. Aside from the scene where Aladdin steals the, the the lamp and uh it turns into a PlayStation One game when he flies out like through the CGI yeah. Cavern of Wonders. Yeah. Which that looks fucking that's the one thing in a Disney movie. If you went back and did a special edition, could be cleaned up. But yeah. like those movies are very They're good movies. Yes. Yeah, especially the Beast, I didn't remember. Anything about it? We're sitting there watching. And I'm like, I know I've seen this movie before. I know there's eventually a scene with his CGI chandelier, but like, what? Like, I didn't, re- I didn't know. Like, all the inanimate characters are actually living people, and that guy turned into like toasters and shit. And mm. yeah, just the Beauty and the Beast stuff. Where I was like, oh man, Jasmine, how you doing? And all <laughs> kinds of, I don't know. Yeah, forgot about how like how saucy she gets at the end of the movie because she has to seduce Jafar to like so yep. Aladdin can do his stuff. And man, those movies. Just they're good movies. Yeah, we had a good time watching that shit. Even it, you know, even it was kind of sparked by you know like tragic circumstances. Got us watching that stuff again. It was just a really fun time. And we had just watched Hercules the week before that too, which not necessarily the same classic as Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. But
2: still, like still yeah, good no, it's, it's
1: still worth going back and watching like the old 90s like Disney animated flicks though. They're still you know good times.
2: Oh man, I can't believe that that was that long ago. Man, no Disney <laughs>
1: uh, Aladdin is 21 years old came out in 1993
2: i vividly remember leaving the theater from seeing beauty and the beast i went to go see it with my aunt mary she took me to a movie theater that was on the riverwalk in san antonio texas yeah and i remember leaving the theater and we were all singing the songs and i went home and i drew all these dumb pictures of what uh, my friends and family would look like were we inanimate oh, objects yeah. in the castle, and I drew a lot of Beast pictures. I think I drew myself as Beast. I don't have that drawing anymore, but I remember Oh, doing I wish that. that
1: should be your Twitter picture. <laughs> no, well, yeah, of course we were watching it, and then and of course you know the Beast turns up back into a human at the end, and Dylan just because yeah. he did. Well, even aside from his character design, and like he also shows up, he's kind of like drawn from a weird perspective, where it's kind of like from the bottom up. And it's just like he's a little too realistic. He's not as stylized yeah. as the other character. Yeah. Like he's a little too like Botticelli. And yeah. but yeah, just like I forgot. Yeah, I like guess Don's like a fucking crazy dude. And just <laughs> like those watching those movies again after I've seen them once, like literally twenty years ago, and just seeing them again, yeah. it's like a it's like it's like a living fever dream where I kind of yeah. remember some of it, but I'm like, oh my god, what the hell's going on in this movie? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that was it's... that was a good afternoon.
2: Sometimes it's funny to think of, like, these, these things that have value or don't, and or not, that's a that's diminishing thing to say. These <laughs> these things that, you know, don't necessarily, that had these ripples, yeah. this impact. And then you go back and look at them and you go, really? I think that was kind of part of the thing that I was struggling with with Guardians of the Galaxy. Because I saw all the ripples of people being really excited about it and creating all these things from it and everything yeah. like that. And I went to go see it and I was like, oh, that was okay. Yeah. Like, it's so funny to see. But, it, like, Beauty and the Beast... And Aladdin, the way they fired, frankly, me and my peers, you yeah. know? It's like, those movies are the reason why so many young people went into art. And, like, you know, it's just crazy to go back and look at them and go, oh, okay, this actually stands up pretty well, well or,
1: you know. It's interesting, too, to go back and actually, those two movies, actually watching them back-to-backer is interesting, too, just from the different art styles, because Aladdin's got a very yeah. kind of, like, like it's just ah, all we can go into all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we should go back to doing Disney commentaries again someday. Not even not even it's like a live two hour commentary, but like watch a movie, and talk about it afterwards. Even, yeah. Even like is so what we did that for like the first three Disney movies, and then we stopped. Because, yeah. Well, I thought we had to do like what Pinocchio next
2: or I think Dumbo. We hit a wall that neither of us could get excited if about. we do that, so. we should
1: actually just go back and do the ones we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. Spoilers, oh, no. Disney classic films are pretty good. <laughs>
2: Alright, friends, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to be back for the Geek Week in review. Woo. I was sure
0: that you'd love me, to that hope I did cling, cause I'm Richard Third, and everybody loves a king. Thought I did a good job, why do you disagree? There's a lot of people spreading nasty rumours about me Every word is a lie, so I'm singing this song Cause the history books have been telling it wrong Never had a limp, always walked my full height Never had a hump and my arm was alright Never took the crown with illegal power Never killed my nephews, the princes in the tower Tudor propaganda, it's all absurd Truth about king richard III.
2: hey everybody welcome back to the Boy boyhide podcast We're time to talk about some geek week we man we got
1: called back for reshoots for the anaconda video <laughs> <laughs>
2: drake, we, 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 we had to go check and see if drake was okay <laughs> he was not okay at the end of that
1: <laughs> man nikki minaj's butt is a vampire just sucked all the energy out of him oh my god <laughs> It is nice to see a guy who gets a twerk from a lady who is not turned on as much as just molested into just just <laughs> okay. not knowing what planet right. he's uh, he's on anymore. Yeah.
2: All right, friends. So geek week interview. <laughs> Richard the is getting a proper burial.
1: Oh, we should also know since we didn't record last week, not like in our typical format. These are notes I wrote down two years, uh, two weeks ago without any context. Uh, yeah. So Richard the Third. Explain this to me, Annie. What's going on with this?
2: Richard III's remains were found underneath a Tesco parking lot a couple of years ago, of all places. I'm glad they found them, but... <laughs> yeah. There's actually a lot of really interesting documentaries. Like, there's one on Netflix, a really interesting documentary I've seen documentary that one, too, yeah. On it. So, um... Because it's interesting, because there were things, like, when they went to go... They did all the research, and they thought, well, this is where he's gonna be, that there was, like, graffiti on the parking spot that said, like, R, you know, R on it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was so.
1: a little... Some weird coincidental stuff that... Led, you know, it turns out he actually was exactly where they thought he might be.
2: Yeah, yeah cause they, they, So anyway. Yeah,
1: they knew this church was actually wh- like where this parking lot is today. And they were like, yeah. well, supposedly he was rumored to be buried here. And they found him. <laughs> I think they only had to dig for three days. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, great, it's, it's great because I've seen before and after photos of like, where he was buried. And you see, like, it's a parking spot with, like, a no. car on top. And then three days later, it's, like, the excavation. Like, well, there's his body. So, yeah, that's kind yeah. of funny. So, yeah, I guess, <sighs> well, there's a big thing about how... I guess supposedly in life he had, he had claimed he wanted to be buried in New York or something like that. And so uh, some of his uh, current-day descendants were saying, well, we want to take him back to York. And people in Leicester where he was found were saying, well, we should keep him here. This is where he's been buried. Uh, we, we should just reinter him here. And it was funny. So I guess some of his descendants, yeah, they, they, they were trying to petition for him being sent back to York. And the, the final decision from, from the courts was he has so many descendants now because he had enough kids and stuff. That there are literally, technically, millions of descendants of Richard the right. Third in England right now. And right. they, the, the, these couple people filing for a petition for him to be buried in New York cannot begin to speak for everyone who could pot- potentially be related to Richard the Third living in England right now. So they're like, right. you know, we're just going to re-bear him in the same city. We're just going to make sure he's not buried in a parking lot. So, Yeah. yeah. And okay, uh, so that's that's of the, the story. story of that so I guess he's going to be reinterred uh, sometime next spring. But yeah, that's kind of crazy. They actually found him, in you know he's one of the big characters of the Shakespearean literature. And you know it's a, he, that, that's a big mama drama. They found a king in a parking lot. It's <laughs> <So. laughs> kind of an
2: amazing story. That's yeah, well, sure. the,
1: the funny thing too is, well, he was he was the one king was always rumored to have been like hunchbacked and all kind of fucked up with a withered arm. They did find out he did have scoliosis and shit. He, did, he, w- he would have had a hunchback, but they said he was not nearly as fucked up as he would have been. It sounds like uh, a lot of his deformities were exaggerated as part of a you know, political smear campaign after he got killed.
0: What? But he was the last... History
2: wasn't 100% accurate? Exactly! But he, so he,
1: it turns out So he died in battle. He was the last English king to die in battle. He got wiped out by the, 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 the Tudors, yeah, and they found out like the top of his skull got like cut off. It was obviously like in mid battle, and his skeleton showed, uh, like uh damage from like ten different wounds, and he got fucked up. And it's uh, kind of interesting. But they did a, also did a scientific reconstruction of his face, and they were like instead of looking like a monster, even his facially, it seemed like a like young handsome guy who just got killed when he was like in his mid twenties as king of king of England. So yeah, so eh, nice to see that he actually gets to be put somewhere else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Volition reveal at PAX Prime Saints Row Five more likely and Saints Row Excuse me Saints Row Four port I think this Question was mark? I think Volition
1: I, they're going to have a panel at PAX which actually is next weekend and I think they were teasing something they may be unveiling something at PAX and so people on Twitter were suspecting they may be actually unveiling uh, Saints Row Five and I'm thinking maybe it's just maybe next gen Saints Row Four port. Because mm-hmm. that just, only, only just because that seems to be what everyone's doing right now, rather than actually yeah. making a new game. Um, yeah. I mean, nah, I,
2: I would want them to rest on their heels for a little while and really bake on Saints. What Saints Row should be next? Now that the story of Boss is over, yeah. Saints Row Four did that just come out last summer? Uh, you are asking the wrong person. It can't have been, bro, been that I long
1: ago. We just—it must have been less. I think than it a was last summer. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Would you play it again uh, if they actually came out with the next import, or like uh, just a remake? Of uh, GTA four, no, not GTA. Wait, 4, what? Saints Row four. I'm sorry, Bill. What was the first part of that? Uh, would you, would you, would you play or buy a remake of Saints Row four for next gen stuff?
2: You know, I would have Saints Row three, but Saints Row four was so yeah. Because you th- you were kind of lukewarm on that. Oh, I loved Saints Row four, yeah. but. The game was all. there really was to the game was all the little like it. They they the main thrust of the narrative. A lot of it was do side missions, yeah. which I enjoyed. Oh, and, and kiss I robots. Did Yeah, I did that because at first because I like that, but yeah, it was just kind of weird. I I hope it's a new Saints Row. Well,
1: I mean, ideally it would be nice if they did something that's not Saints Row, if they actually did something so so it's not, they're just always the Saints Row. As much as I love Saints Row, it would be nice to see them actually branch out and try something new. But if it had to be another Saints Row thing, I would hope it's a Saints Row 5. Just because Saints Row 4 took place in the same city as Saints Row 3, so a lot of the location just felt the same. It really kind of, it kind of felt like the expansion pack that it started off as for Saints Row three, mm-hmm. And it'd be nice... Well, that's
2: why I'm saying I kind of, they need more than a year to bake on this before they start talking Although, about it. Although, mean, if they
1: announce it at PAX, you know, there's there, chances are whatever they, they're they talking about wouldn't be out until next year unless they are talking about a Saints Row 4 report that could come
2: out. Sure, but longer, I am going right? to throw it out there. I want them to bake on it for more than two years. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I would hope it, if it, if it's
1: not like super crazy brand new Saints Row game, it'd be nice if they actually had something new. Man, those guys those guys are the same ones who made the. Uh, what's the game on Mars where you're shooting shit and it falls apart? Uh, oh, Red Faction, what? Armageddon, or whatever that was. Red that game was great. I wish they had, like, another series they could bounce back and forth between Saints Row games. That could still be, like, fun open world stuff, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. So, Bill, what is Life is Strange? Oh, I thought you would know more about this. This is so... Oh, my God. I, th- I thought you'd be able to tell me about this. Uh, is it Activision came out with... It's like a first-person game where you're coming back to your house in Oregon because your sister
2: is missing. Oh, this game it's the so this is the it's team. yeah. This it's is the team that did remember me. Remember moi? Yeah. Uh, Don't Nod, or Don't Nod, or whatever the fuck it's called. And, uh, oh yeah, no, okay, I did see this. When you read the synopsis, uh, you're like, wow, so I guess there's a remaking Gone Home. It is, it is, yeah, it's like, the the joke is, it's like, oh, it's really hot shit to make games about girls in Oregon right now. Yeah, seriously, uh, yeah. But, uh, the thing that cracked me up about it, they revealed very little. They revealed two screen- screenshots and, like, a basic... Concept of it, what it is, but what cracked me up is that I saw more than one media outlet describe the visuals as hand drawn. What? And I'm, like, I'm looking at screenshots like right 3D. now. It's like rendered. It's not like it's three D, and the textures don't even look that like of all these. It's not like cel shaded even, and the textures aren't super organic. Oh, this right is now. a Square I'm Enix like, game.
1: That's what it is. Okay.
2: Well, it is. I think it's being published. Well, published. By 3D. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But isn't it actually like it is that? It, it is that remember, studio. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Was... Kinda, it's it's kind of funny to see big studios
1: trying to get kind of into this indie game aesthetic a little bit because this definitely does sound like it took some kind of inspiration from Gone Home. Um, and you've got well, one of the things that Gamescom they announced that like Activision is bringing ba- bringing back the Sierra brand to kind of come out with its own new quote unquote indie games, even though you know it's Activision, so it's not really indie stuff. But yeah, no, Life is Strange. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that much about it. I thought you would. know... Oh, I guess you do know more about it. But yeah, so that's. <laughs>
2: It's going to be an episodic adventure thing, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll buy it. Remember Me was a... Big old failure, but a noble failure. I keep on hearing good a, things
1: about it. I still haven't played it yet.
2: It's, I have very little good to say about it. I never, <laughs> I, I, you know, me, I tend to finish games just because I'm like, I'm, you know, I bought this, I may as well finish it. Yeah. I, maybe you Remember Me is still sitting there waiting to be finished. Remember he, Me has a lot of really good ideas. Like they have this whole, granted, I've done all of one puzzle using this me- mechanic, but they have this memory remixing mechanic where you hack into someone's memories and you change their memories so that, um, um, they will act more favorably towards you and basically to uh, perform your objective, whatever your objective may be. But the writing in it is all so miserable. and by deep by by nature, um, the uh, the the remix mechanic, the way it works is that it's essentially like a uh, you're you can you're watching a scene progress, and then you can rewind in, in the scene, and at key moments you can interact with aspects of the scene and change it subtly. So then when you play from that point, oh, okay, the okay. scenario That's is different. Cool. So the nature of the mechanic means that you're watching and rewatching the scene yeah. over and over again. So you're rewatching this horribly written garbage <laughs> over and <laughs> over again to so you can find the arbitrary objects you can interact with to cause your things to work out your way. It's
1: so yeah, bad. If I'm gonna spend all this time mucking around to the story, trying to change the story in all these characters' lives. You need to at least have a character... Have a story filled with characters that are at least tolerable? So you can... I... I know. You know,
2: Grumpy Turtle has flicked me shit a lot because, um... I'm always talking about all I want from story is games and he's like, well, I've, you know, I told you to play this, that, or the other and you don't like it and it's just totally a story game and you don't like it. It's it's hard when you have a game where the core concept is the story and it's not very good. Yeah. Because, like, if you have a game like, for example, Far Cry 3 where the story was terrible, and like really annoying, but who gives a shit? Because it was a game about this open sandbox sort of thing. Yeah, it's about turning uh, uh,
1: chickens into into wallets. Yeah, it,
2: yeah. When you have a game where like literally all it is is like we're going, you're going to remix this dialogue over and over yeah, again. The dialogue's you better fucking hope yeah. that the dialogue be good. Oh, speaking of the other game I played uh, while during the last two weeks was Gods will be watching, a similar sort of thing. I hear Gods will be watching. Want to
1: punch that game in the fucking face? You've talked about it's... this on the podcast before.
2: The worst. <laughs> I, uh, in between me first playing it yeah. and me finishing it, they uh, released a patch where they have a narrative mode where the odds are very much in your favor and it's harder for you to fail.
1: Yeah, wasn't that the thing that like, no one could beat? Like, it was, The game was almost impossible to beat before. Like I heard, Chapter, the difficulty curve. Well, the whole curve point, really literally,
2: rough. the point of of gods will be watching is failure, repeated yeah. failure. The idea is that you are in these untenable, unwinnable situations, and that it, it, failure is kind of the point And when you get to the end of it, like the from a narrative perspective, failure, struggling through repeated failure, is part of the key tenets of the story. Um, but uh, yeah what killed me is that the second chapter of the game I could not progress through even on the original easy mode and it's a torture sequence it's an interrogation and torture sequence and the writing in the game was fine but when you have to read it over and over and over again in this mandatory fail state sort of game and like the writing could be fucking amazing but when you read it and and they're smart in that they have a couple of variations so you're not replaying literally the same scene over and over they're like maybe 8 different lines of yeah, dialogue. Yes, so at least they that did that, that much, but yeah, still But rough. woof. And then it's a torture sequence, so you're watching this torture <sighs> sequence over and over again. I finally Guys, beat the game.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's like, I can't actually recommend it to anyone. I think it, again, is like, remember me, where it's like, I'm glad it exists, and they were going for something. I don't think they hit it, and I don't think it's worth it. The, in the end, I remembered that the team that made Gods Will Be Watching is a Spanish team, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's a very kind of that Spanish like like a, there, there's a type of Spanish art that I, I granted I have not consumed a lot of Spanish art but there is like this school of existential um, uh, existentialist um, and I'm going to say the word wrong nihilism in like this one type of uh, this one perspective that I've seen in some in some Spanish art and it comes through in full force and gods will be watching so uh, yeah it, it's similar to uh, remember me Oof. in that like well buckled down because you're going to see this dialogue a lot and I hope you
1: like it (laughs) sorry to hear that (laughs) anyway anyway
2: as Bill mentioned earlier Robin Williams did pass away Uh, I, Um, I
1: do think we're the first podcast to talk about this I think so breaking news Robin Williams died like a month ago
2: I struggled with this a lot because this meant that suicide was a lot in the media and, uh, frankly, in my workplace and everyone was talking about suicide. Yeah, I saw you,
1: you had some issues with, like, are there, are there people making jokes? Not just, what, jokes? Or were they just talking about the suicide? or
2: Just being surrounded by talk about suicide when it is something that has taken family and friends away from you and it's something that you have attempted yeah. is a very difficult thing. Um, it has not been a fun couple of weeks. Yeah. And that that on top of all the troubling things happening in the world. Well,
1: especially, it, it hits close to us pretty pretty hard specifically because Robin was with us on the set of the Anaconda video and he couldn't cut Phil, it. Well,
2: I appreciate your, yeah. your
1: joke. He, and, you know, that's like, yeah. Um, no, but yeah. You know what the, the terrible thing is, even the suicide stuff aside, uh, finding out that he had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's d- d- disease actually makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. in that situation. Uh, just because, not to say, uh, whatever, uh, I, 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 I was going to say that would kind of justify the suicide, then I was going to say, well, nothing can just justify suicide, but that, on the flip side, fuck that. No, some people should be able to allow themselves if if you should be able to. You should be allowed to commit suicide if, if, if that that that's you think that's a legitimate alternative. What I'm saying, like, it sucks that everyone knows that he was he depressed, he was bipolar, all kinds of stuff like that. But I, I, it was interesting because he was known to be depressed and stuff, but he seemed to have been... he It seemed like he had come to terms with that over the course of the last 20 years. He was a coke addict, an alcoholic and stuff like that. But it was... This sudden downturn into sudden suicide out of the blue like this, especially when he seemed to have gotten some kind of a grip on all that, was really weird. But yeah, the hearing about the, the Parkinson's diagnosis kind of made sense of that. Uh, and if only just because, uh, just for him, with him being so high energy and so much of him being about himself, expressing himself in such a crazy way that if... His body were about to start failing him, and he could not express that. I can see for him why that would be such a specific, special hell for him. That I can kind of see that starts to make a little bit more sense as to why that's why this why this actually just happened just now. Who knows what was really going on in his head or anything like that, but yeah. So, anyway,
2: in other news, Lauren Bacall passed away. Yay, she got the
1: case of the olds. I, You know what the terrible thing I had no idea she was still alive.
2: She, I knew she was still kicking, because she's still a bit... Like, for example, um... Uh, uh, oh, fuck, what's the name of the movie? The cute French animated film about the cat and the mouse. I what totally forgot. It? Right. Yeah, it's
1: uh, Ernest and Celestine. Ernest and just, Clementine? Which is her last Clementine? role that just came out. Like, yeah, we've been talking about that goddamn movie. Which, I forget, that was actually Lauren Bacall was supposed to be playing the old gray mouse in that. But, um... Yeah, uh...
2: Lauren... Morten- I'll just say this. I know there are some people in our listenership who are not familiar with Lauren McCall, and I highly recommend that if you have not to um, watch one of my favorite movies in the world, to have and have not... Uh, it really is just one of my favorite movies of all time and Lauren Bacall in that is amazing. The story of the movie is who gives a crap? Really, <laughs> that movie is worth watching for Humphrey Bogart yeah. and Lauren Bacall falling in love on screen before your eyes. Lauren Bacall is 19 years old in that movie. She's scared out of her wits. Um, she does this one uh, bit of physical acting where her she has kind of this defiant lift of her chin and this arch of of her brow that um, was literally her way to suppress her shaking from her anxiety and intimidation of in this process, yeah. and she so she is a young woman in a strange situation, uh, trying to be strong, and that is what her character is going through as well. And Humphrey Bogart is a world weary; his character is this world weary man who's seen it all and doesn't yeah. give a shit. Who finds himself drawn to this woman, and that's what's happening off screen too. It's one of the most amazing. Amazing, like just the chemistry there that was when i saw that movie when i was a little girl i watched it uh like many of my favorite movies same with butch cassie Sundance kid um i saw it at two o'clock in the morning on turner classic movies on cable <laughs> on some weeknight when i should have been asleep yeah. and watching Aww. something i shouldn't be watching and that was the first time that i saw a female character who was sexy because lauren mccall is achingly sexy in that movie but it seemed like it was for herself yeah. Like more than it was for other she people. She didn't suffer
1: fools, even when she was a scared nineteen-year-old. She didn't seem to suffer exactly. fools gladly. Yeah, you know? she is uh, so
2: her own person, and she's still young and foolish and unsure. But she—it was it in was a way a that's still important... self-possessed, though. Yeah. yeah, it was an important thing that I had never seen in something of, the to- of a movie at the time, because I, I just hadn't seen very much, no. and it's uh, I, I can't speak highly enough of that movie. It's one of my favorites in the world, and if you've never seen it, please take the opportunity to do so. It's well worth your yeah, time. she
1: must have gotten over those nerves pretty quickly, because she quickly became known... As kind of like an Iron Lady in Hollywood, where she just chose whatever project she wanted to do. She never got cowtowed into doing shit she didn't want to do. In the fifties, she went after McCarthy for being such an asshole. Um, people pointed out she I... could she could have had a much like larger, broader career if she had accepted mm-hmm. more roles. But like she's so picky mm-hmm. about it. she just wanted to do movies that she wanted to do. So it turns out she didn't. For for being such a famous Hollywood actress, she actually wasn't in that much stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, just her personality and stuff was so large it that almost larger than it than any of the roles she actually ever played. But yeah.
2: Another really good Lauren McCall movie, if you've never seen it, is um, How to Marry a Millionaire. It's a really good one. It's her and Betty Grable and Marilyn Monroe as essentially kind of Miss Andrews Connor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've never seen that one, yeah.
2: Oh, Bill, I think it's on Netflix. Okay. I highly recommend watching it. It's a lot of fun. The costuming is really great in it. Um, there's a lot of fun character acting in there. And, yeah, it's uh, Lauren McCall is basically a con man who's trying to figure out how to marry a rich man so she doesn't have to worry about being poor anymore. Huh. And it's, That's a color uh, film, right? I'm sorry, what was that? That's a color film? It is very much so. There's some amazing clips and stuff, amazing costuming and yeah, yeah. It's it's a really fun movie. Yeah,
1: no, Lauren Bacall, she was a hell of a. Like I said, for some reason, even despite the fact that I'd seen her name in the credits for like Ernest and Celestine just earlier this summer, for some reason I still parsed her as having someone. Because I mean, you know, she was married to Humphrey Bogart or died 50 years ago. You 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 Mm -hmm. wouldn't
2: think that his his widow would still be out there kicking and stuff, but. Um, she's also, she's very much so a class of a different kind of, a different era. Like, she seems like something out of uh, out of this time. It doesn't make sense that Lauren Bacall would exist in the 90s. It's like when I was watching Klondike, and there's this one amazing character on there, and then I read up more about her real life, and that she died in the 60s. Yeah. And it's just crazy, it's crazy to think of these people who, who live who, who, who live through these periods that seem to so, so define them and so right. be part of who they are and then go on. It was
1: funny. Uh, I was watching AI on a whim this week, uh, which I forgot Robin Williams actually shows up in that. Uh, you, you've seen AI, right? This, uh, I have. Movie. Uh, yes. He shows up in that for 10 seconds as a, a computer-generated uh, character. But then I was looking at IMDb while I was watching it and it turns out the dad of the family who adopts David, you know, the main robot kid in that movie was actually Lauren McCall's uh, son. Uh, Hmm. She, after uh, Bogart died, she got married to, um, Oh God, Jason Robards, which I had no idea that she and Jason Robards got married and had a kid and their son plays the dad in AI. And so it's funny that, like, you know, both Lauren... Like, you know, this is just a week after both they, they both died. I was just having to watch a movie that had links to both of them. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, man, then even after Robin Williams died, I was I was making jokes about the uh, the movie Toys online, forgetting that that's one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. Oh, God, it's funny. Just, oh, man, these both, both these people who just croaked, they had... Oh, man, made so many fucking great movies and such great contributions to fucking pop culture. But, yeah, so... And I forgot that he was in Death of, uh Robin Williams it was in Death of the Smoochie, which is one of your favorite movies too.
2: It's what well, yeah, Death Smoochie is fucking amazing. Yeah, because I can
1: forget about Popeye, but I think you like Death the Smoochie more than even I like Popeye.
2: Death the Smoochie is arguably a more uh it's interesting because he plays a manic forgotten pop yeah. culture icon, yeah. so it's it's interesting. Yeah. Wh- whose darkness gets to him. The tributes so. to
1: Toys and Death to Smoochie were very f- few and far between in the last week or two, which kind of bummed me out, but anyway, so, <laughs> but yeah, it sucks that uh, those two people are gone, but man, they left, they both left a hell of a, hell of a wake in the world, and, Oof.
2: Um. So in other news, Dan Grossman left Telltale and is working with uh, Ron Gilbert on a new game. Uh,
1: again, this it's been so long since I wrote this down. I'm not quite sure. Dan Grossman was he the lead on Walking Dead?
2: Uh, he was. Oh, I think he was like the creative director at. Um. Okay, that's uh, what it was.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: At uh, Telltale, I'm not sure what games he. I don't think he did so much the development as much as he was just kind of yeah, a, just kind of um, like
1: the creative thing for the whole studio. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he um, uh, was uh, instrumental. He was a LucasArts guy back in the okay, day. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Which makes sense. Uh, that's, uh, that's why you would hook up with Ron Gilbert, yeah.
2: Exactly. He worked on um, the uh, Day of the Tentacle sequel, um, and it's actually... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, uh, Dave, not Dan. Oh, is it Dave? Um, okay. Which yeah, is funny, because I know Ron see. Gilbert
1: had nothing to do with the Day of the Tentacle.
2: I think he, he worked on... The original Monkey Island. I think he worked with Tim Schafer on um, Monkey Island 2. Okay, so it's almost weird that these guys haven't actually worked together before. I think he worked at... No, they have. Because when... I think they... Ron Gilbert and he left to found Humongous Entertainment.
1: Oh, did they did and, Oh, okay. Where well, they did yeah. all
2: the kids' adventure games, I want to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think... I'm pretty sure he was just... I want to say he was just like a create, like a, like a higher up at Telltale's. I don't think he was in much of the day Also, according to
1: Wikipedia, Dave Grossman is an American author who has specialized in the study of a psychology of killing, which has been turned
2: to killology. So that guy, he's done quite a bit. Dave Grossman has a great web presence where he posts a bunch of poetry, and he does a lot of great, really weird um, Halloween pumpkin carving. So highly recommend checking out his website <laughs> and uh, his Halloween pumpkins because they're amazing. Oh, that sounds super cool. So,
1: yeah, no, I don't think anyone's announced, like, uh, what kind of game they're working on or anything like that. But it sounds like it should be pretty cool what the hell it is that they're doing.
2: Yeah. I'm just excited that it's a time where people can make weird games that they want to make. That's, that's a nice thing to do. So, another news. Uh, Gamescom uh, happened a while ago. Here's the news from long ago. Yeah, here's
1: friend. the... <laughs> a little, little uh, behind the times here. But, yeah, we have one tidbit of for- Xbox news, and the rest of everything is just PlayStation 4 stuff.
2: Uh, the thing that got me really excited was Ninja Theory, the team that did the most recent Devil May Cry game, which was. Oh, we're not going to talk about pretty... the Tomb Raider. Oh, excuse me, I accidentally skipped over it. Uh. Uh, the new Tomb Raider game is a timed exclusive to the X-Bone next Christmas. Yeah,
1: the Rise of the man, Rise of the Rise of the Tomb, of the
2: Tomb Raider. Terrible title. Especially because the the, whole,
1: the first one was called Tomb Raider. Yeah. What do you do? You just have Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then you have Tomb Raider, because like once the Tomb Raider's risen, it's about the Tomb Raider getting coffee. Well,
2: no, because you like, the email. Hey, everybody, meet the Tomb Raider. Hey, everybody, it's time for the Tomb Raider to rise. How can you have a rise? So are you assuming that not... the people
1: who played the first Tomb Raider are part of an exclusive group, and now the Rise of the Tomb Raider is Tomb Raider kind of meeting the rest of the world?
2: Well, no, I'm just like, one cannot, you can nothing cannot rise. You cannot rise in a vacuum. This is the same debate people have
1: had with the last two Planet of the Apes movies, because what, like, the last one was, wait, so I think the last one was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and the one yeah. that just came out this summer is Rise of the Planet of the Apes? And so right. people take numbers with, like, how can you, How can it rise after it's already Dawn, but wouldn't it have to be, like... What does the
2: sun do after it dawns? <laughs> does anyway. it just sink away? No, it rises. Oh my god! Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, this
1: it does not bode well for Xbox. That the only uh, that Microsoft the only real announcement at Gamescom was them just 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 that everyone got so pissed off about this announcement. Not just be, not just because that they have uh, timed exclusive for this Tomb Raider game, but that when they first announced it, they just said Tomb Raider coming exclusively to Xbox next winter. What yeah. they mentioned to say that, yeah, it's only coming exclusively to Xbox for, like, a month and a half, and then, it, yeah. it, then it'll be out for PlayStation 4 next spring, so, yeah. Or not even next spring! Spring after next, because, like, this is, we're talking about Christmas of 2015, so we're talking about better part of two years before you're actually going to be able to play that goddamn thing.
2: Yeah. So... Uh. Yeah. Um, so for in PS4 land uh, Ninja Theory like I started to say the folks who did the Devil May Cry game which was actually kind of fun it was dumb <laughs> fun and more importantly my beloved enslaved Journey to the enslaved. West enslaved and uh, also Heavenly Sword for the PS was that ps ch- it was a launch three. game for the
1: Playstation 3 yeah
2: PS3 launch game. Um, they announced original IP for um, the PS4 called Hellblade. What's interesting is that I follow Ninja Theory on Twitter because I've been curious about what their next title is going to be. I think that they make weird, dumb games, but I'm excited about the games. It's not fair to say weird, dumb games. But you know, yeah. The, those, but
1: they're still kind of goofy, but like, yeah. They
2: make, the, the level design those folks whip up is always really interesting. So I uh, I'm, I'm, I was curious to see what they are coming up with next. They had a panel at Gamescom that was talking about in Independent AAA development, how um, they basically are trying to find this middle road between indie and AAA because AAA is so not sustainable. Yeah. And I wasn't. So the thing is that they're going to be really. Um, transparent in the development of Hellblade apparently is one of their big goals. I'm not quite sure where the indie part of it comes in beyond that transparency, but uh, more power to them. I'm glad that they still exist and that they're not still doing mobile gaming, because their last game was a mobile game, and I could not care less about yeah, them Yeah, that. Especially because
1: it seemed like uh, the, the Devil May Cry game was not really well received, so I'm glad to see that they're still mm-hmm. around to, like, you know, just keep on trucking um,
2: which is a shame because that was a dumb game it was but there was some really great inspired games.
1: popular it was because all I know is like the Devil May Cry fan base freaked out about it because they redesigned right. Dante and it was a whole reboot and it was a he style why, Disney, why doesn't he have white hair like the original Dante see but
2: had they played the game yeah, they would I'd have, have seen so, that like, Dante does have white hair oh
1: ruh, 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 yeah ruh, ruh, ruh.
2: you should actually play that game it's actually kind of I,
1: I should <laughs> check it out though. I've heard some crazy things about like like the stage where you're fighting inside like what like a fox news teleprompter? yeah i talked like that, it, yeah, or, it's, yeah there's really
2: cool and there's there's one with like you're 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 ascending an upside down tower I, and, like you know what i was just thinking like so
1: the the one of the first games was called uh what we what was it heavenblade wait heaven heavenly, heavenly sword. sword it's funny that this is called hellblade so it's yeah. kind of like the same thing. Instead of heavenly, it's hellish. I wonder if there's going to be any kind of link there or anything like that.
2: But well, yeah, a lot of people have said so because the protagonist does kind of. She actually looks like a blend of the protagonist from Heavenly Sword and the sidekick from Heavenly Sword. Yeah, so who knows? Basically, yeah. the Gabrielle and Zena of that game. If you blended oh, really? them, you would okay, get this yeah. protagonist. And I, I got because I do like I was thinking about Ninja Theory this summer and I played the um, D- DMC and I was like. I don't play Heavenly Sword. I never played it and I actually have it for PS3 and I've uh, been trying to play it. It's pretty rough. It's, it's. I mean, it's very much so a launch title. Yeah. But But uh, yeah, you know, those, those assholes, they're, they're yeah. goofballs and they're they always, bless them, they do put story and character first and I, I want them to continue, even if it's a weird character and a strange story. So. <laughs> uh, I, I want them to keep on trucking. So. Uh, Bill, I did not hear the Gamescom announcement related to Dreamfall Chapter I- the, the, what, there what was no announce?
1: real specific announcement Just in, uh, They had a montage of games that are coming out For the Playstation 4 eventually uh, There was just a logo for something called Dreamfall Chapters I have no idea what that oh. is So, but Oh
2: it's uh, Dreamfall Chapters Is a kickstarter Or was a kickstarter for a new series Of episodic Dreamfall uh, games Oh
1: okay is it from the original studio
2: Yeah oh, okay. it's uh, Ragnar Tornquist However you say his name Wow
1: He's going to be the boss in Hellblade right?
2: that's right uh, he's my favorite character from Vikings yeah um, oh <laughs> he's my fa- favorite Final
1: Fantasy 6 summons
2: we're such assholes. So, he has um, a name that's not like ours. Excuse me. It is not Funcom, because Funcom is more interested in doing MMOs these days. Um, so Ragnar Tornquist went off and formed his own development studio called like something like Red String Games or something like that. They got the Dreamfall IP from Funcom and then did a Kickstarter to do episodic game uh, okay. sequels. So I funded, the, I backed the Kickstarter, okay. and I've not really been paying attention to the updates, but they're on track to release the first episode, I think, pretty soon. When they had the Kickstarter, did they say anything about about console versions of, the, of the, the game? darling, I can't remember. Oh, okay. I do know that there was some issue... there, Like all Kickstarters for this sort of stuff, there was some question of whether they would have enough money to actually make the whole series, or if that was just going to do the first episode. I think it may have been just to do the first episode, okay. and then they were going to look for all, like basically a proof, proof of concept to do uh, more stuff. So,
1: Yeah, speaking of uh, Kickstarter video games, I just got uh, my got my questionnaire from the Mighty Number 9 Kickstarter, which is the -hmm. the game being put together by the guy who made Mega Man. Essentially for his Kickstarter Mega Man clone, asking me, like, do I, like, I'm supposed to get, they're going to mail, email me, or uh, physically snail mail me an actual box of the game that I could put on my Mm -hmm. shelf, and they were like, do you want the Japanese version? That's going to look like an old 8-bit Nintendo Japanese Famicom box, or would you like an 8-bit Nintendo box and stuff like that? So I'm glad to see that's coming together, even though that game doesn't come out until next year, but yeah
2: mm-hmm. so anyway anyway oh man I think oh man I think my uh, gay dating sim that I kickstarted is about to come out oh really uh... is it just
1: uh, what male gays or just like uh, are there ladies in there too oh it's,
2: it's all it's all, it's all dudes okay yeah Oh, there we go. We know what the next uh, three
1: episodes of the Boy Howdy podcast are going to be about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was the other game I wanted to talk about. Motherfucker, I want to talk really quick about Kindness Coins. What? uh, That I played this this week. Uh, Kindness Kindness Coins coins. is a, a really short dating sim. It was done for a game jam. It takes you maybe five minutes to beat. But uh, it was floating around this week and I played it and it's really cute because the premise is that you play actually a character that a protagonist in a dating sim is pursuing and how weird dating sim, like, the mechanics of romance in a dating sim are and how alien they are and how strange it is. Huh. And uh, I can't say too much about it because, like I said, it's like five minutes, but it's really cute, it's free, and I highly recommend investigating it. So there's Annie's little segue of nothing. Super cool. Anyway, okay, so uh, yes, they talked a little more about Volume, which is a Robin Hood themed stealth game from the creator of Thomas Was Alone, uh, aka a game that could not alienate me more personally. Well, as they a Robin said Hood it's fan. Robin Hood themed,
1: but it's totally like the aesthetics and everything are from the old uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 VR mission stuff, where you're like in this virtual reality environment. So the they're saying it's supposed to be Robin Hood like characters, but like it's totally in this like yeah, it's, it really is well Metal it's Gear Robin Hood solid. themed
2: in like any it's any sort of Robin Hood remix sort of thing, where you have, like, this character's name is something like Rob Loxley, yeah, and yeah. like, f- robbing, hacking the rich to feed the poor, or whatever, and it's just,
1: yeah. But yeah, for, uh, for the original Metal Gear Solid, they virtually came out with a, 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 essentially an expansion called the VR Missions, which you're just stealthing around in this virtual reality environment, where it's all like lasers and shit, looks like Tron, and that's what this game looks like, so, I don't know. Which is funny, because at the Gamescom presentation, uh, he announced this game, and, like, the guy who followed immediately on stage was Hideo Kojima, talking about all the different ways you can use boxes in, in the new Metal yeah. Gear Solid game. Did you,
2: wait, so did you see this Game's Call presentation? I saw a little bit of it. It was while I was at work. Oh, okay. And I kept getting interrupted to do, you know, like, work stuff. Uh, but uh, all I really saw was... I saw some of the PS4 stuff. Um, clearly, it all had a real big impact on me. Um, the only... Uh, uh, but... Uh, Shit, it's been a long You'll, day. I was able to watch the Dragon Age stuff, oh, okay. which was what I really wanted to see. Yeah. So, but um, anyway, did you see the yeah, stuff yeah, with the middle Gear solid box? The stuff, though, I saw some of it. I had. To oh, see it it's only like thirty seconds long. If you work.
1: whatever you saw was probably most of the whole thing. Yeah, where you oh, could have, have a like, box God with a lady on the side. Video games,
2: fucking video games. Video
1: games.
2: Uh, yeah, Daisy's coming to PS4.
1: Yeah, that's you know that's uh, yeah, well, well.
2: Uh, Tomorrow, Children is coming. It's basically it, what? Oh, it's uh, the folks who did uh, Pixel Junk Mo- Monsters at all. It, what but what are they their called? trailer is so—you
1: don't know. Uh, their trailer's so weird about this. Where yeah, it's kind of Soviet era themed. Kind of looks like Minecraft because it looks like a whole bunch of people working together, like like mining stuff and building stuff back up again. But like, it's not just like. I don't know what the fuck that game is. It
2: seems like a weird Minecraft slash Disney Infinity yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, and
1: I'm, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that's something they just kind of started working on, and that that trailer was just kind of like a sizzle reel. And who knows what the final game is going to look like when we play it like in twenty sixteen. Yeah. But
2: um, I, I, I'm even if it's a game I'm not interested. In, I am in favor of more weird. Yeah, games. exactly. Exactly. So more power exactly to yeah. Uh, same thing with volume. It's like, it's not going to be my jam, but I'm glad this sort of thing yeah. exists. So, more power to him. Uh, Rhyme uh, was announced. I only got to see a little bit of this trailer because, again, I was at work and I need to look into it a little more, but it looked really cool. Uh, Bill notes Wind Waker meets Iko meets God knows what. Yeah. It's Bill's insight. Do you have a commentary. character that looks
1: like Ico from Shadow of the Claw? Or not. From Ico, not Child of the Colossus. but yeah, you're that's in this so-shaded world that looks like um, a Zelda game,
2: Greco-Roman, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that and that's the other thing. Yeah, it kind of looks like you're like, yeah, some like in the Mediterranean or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, ideally, what this would be would be Wind Waker meets Ico meets Battle of Olympus, which was an old Greek-themed uh, Super uh, Zelda two clone for the Nintendo system, which that was one of my favorite games back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you're, you're fighting like uh, Hydras and shit like that. No. Um, yeah so that's uh, that's pretty cool
2: let's see Tearaway was announced for PS4 oh yeah oh, that's good I'm glad that the, the Tearaway is getting a second chance uh, I, 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 everyone I get to gets play to play Tearaway, Tearaway for the first time exactly Did no I one bought
1: Tearaway that, for the Vita
2: that they, cause the Well, it's interesting because the whole thing with Tearaway is that uh, Tearaway was uh, gamified a lot of the novelty things you can do with the Vita controller. Yeah. And it's cute that they seem to be doing similar shit with the PS4. Where it's like, oh, you know, you brush the touchpad to make wind blow. Yeah. And, like, oh, you know,
1: I always kind of wonder time. why you just can't blow into it. Because I don't think the... There's not a built-in mic for the PlayStation 4 controller. There is not. Which is kind of a shame because that'd be great to actually go... Because you can do yeah. that with the, like, the Wii U gamepad, because there are Wii U games that I actually, like, I think Super Mario 3D Land, they're like propeller blocks that you have to, like, propel by, like, blowing into the mic and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. no, uh, so this is, uh, it's supposed to be kind of a quasi-remake of Tearaway for the Vita, where they said 50% of the content in the game is going to be from the Vita game. But then, like, the rest of the half of the game is... Yeah. I It seems like they're just keeping in all the puzzles and stuff that, you, that it would still work with the PlayStation 4 controller, but then everything else they had to get rid of because, you know, you, it, it was Vita-exclusive control stuff, like the back back touchscreen stuff. They're just replacing with the... I know if they can do anything with the PlayStation 4 camera with that. Because that would expand...
2: Well, see, but the game still has, to be optional, everyone has one. Yeah. yeah. I'm just excited about a Tearaway game where you don't have to look at my ugly, unwashed mug from underlit from below.
1: That was one of the best parts having your own face as the sun in Tearaway. Come on, I like
2: it. Man, I only played 15 minutes and it was late at night, right before bed, and I'm just like only oh, underlit. Oh, you only played 15 just, minutes like, of Tearaway? Least, just all chips. Did you not be Tearaway? I played a. For the third time, I played about 15 minutes of Oh, Terraway's Tearaway ending is so
1: great. That's one of my favorite video game endings of all time. Oh, it gets very know. goddamn cute. I mean, now I'll buy you a copy of away on the Playstation for as as no, you soon. No,
2: I, I I think I, I don't know if I borrowed yours. I think I borrowed your copy because it's in my. Beta. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. I am um, my my hands really hurt. My hand pain has become a more and more Some part of my lady. life now. And uh, <laughs> it's a fun thing. I remember my grandmother had to give up classical piano and painting by the time she was twenty-five because of arthritis. Uh-huh. So that's my. It's just not hitting me as hard as it her. Thank God. But, uh, yeah, with between work and shit, I have to be... The, the Holding the Vita in particular really knocks the shit out of my hands. I um, uh, I got a, like, $15 add-on thing that helps a lot, but it's still tricky. Foley, thank you so much. Oh, and thank you so much. Thank you, Foley. She brought me more coffee. What a gentleman. Aww. What a hunky gentleman I'm going to marry. If I can find a venue that will take my money that's less than $2,000. That doesn't look like... That doesn't look like garbage. Or that you're going to get murdered. Or there's not jizz caked into the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw you think about I'm the film. I'm also
1: filth. concerned
2: about the murder room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there a murder... I told him about the murder uh, so, uh. other news announced for the PS4, uh, like we talked about, the new Silent Hill game is from uh, Benicio, uh, not Benicio, Guillermo del Toro. Actually, Benicio uh, del
1: Toro. Toro. No, Benicio. Actually, it should be starring <laughs> Benicio del Toro, as produced by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And
2: Hideo Kojima. This episode is not going on too long, so we talked about that already. Uh, as Bill notes, Michael Ansel's Neanderthal Simulator 2015... That's Bill's very funny joke. No, that's what uh, it looks AKA like, though. AKA Yeah,
1: who knows what that game's supposed to be like, because Michelle and Zell's claiming that uh, the game world is supposed to be as big as all of Europe. And I don't know if that they, they, like... I don't know if he's suggesting that the actual gameplay world, like, would take you as long to get from one end of the world on foot as it would take, like, you know, to walk from, the, like, the tip of Spain to, like, the southern Italy or what, but...
2: Yeah.
1: I, I would imagine it's more like, uh... Uh, like uh, pilot wings, where like you're flying around all the world, but it's just like it's America, but it's only four feet long. But yeah, so but that's it's uh it's 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 funny because I didn't realize uh part of my connection dropped out was watching the live feed for Michelle the 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 reveal of Wild. Uh, I think I think it was Jimmy Pressler or Grumpy Turtle pointed out that um you could actually play as you're supposed to be able to play as any character any creature within the world. Oh yeah,
2: that was something Jimmy Jimmy pointed out, pointed out.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, which, that seems crazy. Because, like, there's skeletons and wolves and chickens and eagles and...
2: Yeah, so this is from Michael Ansell, was the... What is he, the creative director or art director at Ubisoft who was involved with a lot of the Rayman creative Rayman.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. and uh, he's the guy who, who pretty much built the, uh, the the 2D action platform engine that they're using for, like, Valiant Hearts and all that stuff. Um, yeah. He, he, it was the funny thing, they announced that he had actually left Ubisoft... To uh, found his own studio, which this is the game that he's creating with that studio.
2: I thought they came out and said that he was still. No, he, he's it. like he. Soft.
1: It sounds like he's still like on the board of direct. Like it's one of those things where they do this a lot in video games, where someone will leave a company and the company will come out and say, "Well, they've." They're, they've started their own satellite studio or something like that, but if it does really turn out they've laid off the studio, but this is their way of just kind of saying, like, well, they're still around, they're still advising on projects, but then a year later they come out and say, yeah, they're gone, they're not working here anymore,
0: so. Uh,
2: moving away from Gamescom and back in general nerdery, uh, there's going to be a new Power Rangers movie in 2016. And you tell me about it,
1: because I know how much you love Power Rangers.
2: You know how much I'm emotionally this, and personally invested in Power Rangers. This is Rangers. the bone I
1: throw to everyone who's younger than me, because I don't give a shit about Power Rangers, but I thought this would be at least newsworthy to some of our listeners.
2: I was a little too old for Power yeah, Rangers.
1: Yeah, I was way too old for Power Rangers, yeah. So, well, you're talking to You don't wrong. care about punching putty
2: front. men? I do remember watching Power Rangers, though, because I remember, what was her name? Ursula... LeGuinne? There was one lady who was like, she just talked like this! And she Is that was that the Asian head lady? She like, like the big hat and was like, hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's literally all <laughs> I can remember from, distinctly from Power Rangers, because otherwise it's just a big what? blur of big talking ho- head ho- uh, ho- uh, holograph and people in brightly colored jumpsuits punching well, monsters. When I first I wrote, wrote this down, right? I just wrote Rita. that there's
1: going to... Uh, re- Rita was her name. Yeah. Wasn't it like I Rita Sarkeesian? Sar- Oh, I didn't realize that's actually a bad joke. No, wait, no.
2: That, I, I, that Rita was Rita Repulsa. That's what
1: it was. Okay, yeah.
2: That's her name?
1: Uh, was, when I first wrote this down too, I, I just wrote it down as I didn't. I forgot there was actually an already a Power Rangers movie, starring yeah. the bad guy was Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, like underneath all this purple makeup, which I completely forgot about. Um, so this is going to be the new live action Power, Power Rangers movie. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be produced by Bob Orky. Who like you know co-wrote like all the Star Trek movies and all that shit that's been out in the last like five years? But yeah.
2: Can you imagine being in a? (laughs) I hope it's his dream job because you can Can you imagine just being like some dude who's just like a a a a freelance dude and he's just like hey uh, Bob uh, do the Power Rangers? Power Rangers. You just like like, and you're like a Flintstones animal appliance or like it's a living. (laughs) Just keep on. (laughs) This guy's got to be our
1: age or older. So how much does he give a shit about Power Rangers? Yeah,
2: who knows? Maybe he ran a Power Rangers fan site back <laughs> in the day. Who
1: this is knows? like him getting a. Hit. This is like. It's like if you directed the Wishbone movie. <laughs>
2: God, man, where's uh, that? It's not so, that hard to paint uh, up a dog to look like the original Wishbone. The guy who made Night Trap back in the day and are trying to kickstart an HD remaster of the game for current consoles claimed this week that Nintendo once agreed to publish the half-naked, filled game for the failed version of the Nintendo Sony PlayStation 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, have you heard much about these guys trying to bring back Night Trap? No. Do you, so do you remember what Night Trap was, though?
2: Yeah, it wasn't an FMV game. Yeah, Am with, like, Dana it?
1: Plato, where you're, like, you're supposed to be, like, some security guard who's, like, looking over all these security cameras of these girls who are having this sleepover that are being attacked by, like, a, like an evil SWAT team of monsters trying to kidnap all the girls. And so you're, like, looking through all these security cameras, and, like, there's something like you could, do, you could, like, by virtue of the fact that you're looking through these security cameras, which each security camera feed shows, like, you know, full motion video of what's going on in all these rooms. Like, if you, if you see, like, a SWAT guy about to kidnap a girl, you could hit a button to like launch a thing of smoke and suddenly cut to footage of smoke filling the room and scare away the guy and protect the girl and stuff like It was really fucking terrible.
2: It's kind of a, br- I mean, for all the limitations of FMV gaming, that's actually kind of a brilliant solution yeah. to have the fiction of the game be that you are an ob- a remote observer mani- watching video. Yeah,
1: because that's kind of what you're doing as the player, but they're also saying, well, yeah, yeah. you're just a security guard in an office somewhere, <laughs> like, I guess yeah. with a cup of coffee, like, yeah, <laughs> it pushing buttons to save these girls. Yeah, so uh, so I guess, yeah, they just launched a Kickstarter so they can create, just essentially just uh, go back and just scan the original film footage of all this stuff and create, like, an HD version of Night Trap. Uh, these guys, uh, uh, even aside from this thing that, that I mentioned, in the notes here. These guys don't seem to have any idea how the video game industry these days works because they're not asking for that much money. But they're also just saying like they're gonna put out copies of the game for the. All they say is Xbox and PlayStation. They don't differentiate between the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four. Uh, they have also mentioned that they have since clarified. That if you do get a copy, if, if, if you donate money for a, a, a PlayStation or an Xbox version of the Night Trap HD game, you will get a, the game in an unlabeled disc in a white envelope. <laughs> and they did specify that the games will be designed for the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, but that you will be able to play those discs on the Xbox One and on the PlayStation 4 and everyone's gonna like, be like, just
2: a DVD? This is
1: not going to... You, you guys don't understand how modern-day console publishing works. Like,
2: Unless it's going to be some sort of Flash-based thing. Well, like, is, something
1: that's not... <laughs> but, like, there's no way that Sony and Microsoft are going to let someone publish an official game for their consoles that is shipped to you in a white envelope on an unlabeled disk. That's not how games publishing works these days. How, how many games have any of us played where you're just like, oh, this is an official licensed uh, PlayStation game? That just came in this blank envelope in the mail.
2: Like, yeah. I'm just telling you, when I hear that information, I hear that it's something you can stick in your DVD player and play also. Well, like, that's, well, that's be... what everyone thought it would be, because if it's all just going to be video footage, why can't
1: you just do that? Because that's essentially Cause... what the original game disc was anyway. It was just a disc full of video footage. It's not like yeah, it has and to that render way, anything. It...
2: It would be compatible with whatever you want it to be But yeah it's
1: just that, like their responses to shit it's just been so like they don't seem to understand what it is that they're doing or yeah, it's, it's not funny but. bizarre. Anyway. Uh,
2: an Adventure Time voice actress says that Penn Ward told her that Marceline and, and Princess Buttercup once dated. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, as as Jacob pointed out in the comments here on our feed, um, Pendleton Ward said uh, Marceline and Bubblegum wanted he wanted them to get together, but it wouldn't happen because that is illegal in some country where the show airs. There's actually been some. I didn't think uh, about
1: that. that. That that part of the thing. It's not just cultural taste, but it's it's. Uh,
2: uh. There's been actually some backlash that I've seen in the gay community because having a secret gay isn't. Is, is helpful and better, but also not at the same time. Because so, you have you to, know? like,
1: it's showing that, like, you have to keep shit on the down low?
2: And not even that. It's just, like, if you want to normalize something, you don't normalize it by not talking about it. Yeah. So, bless them.
1: Have they really been dropping that much? I mean, has it ever seemed, like, the, the, the show creators have been dropping hints, or is that just... Kind of like. Have the fan you base
2: seen rate. any of the episodes that Buttercup and Marsleen? Oh,
1: uh, that's right. I forgot. I've, <laughs> I'm I've
2: just your problem. I've only watched <laughs> the first two seasons. I'm gonna drink the red from your pretty pink face. I mean, Bill. It's not really subtext. Yeah, as as I know. Just I know. Text. I know. Like it's clear at the very least that Marceline had a crush on. See, that's on... the way
1: I always parsed it. Like even then, that was kind of like. Well, I guess maybe not that subtle. Now you mentioned the, the those song lyrics, but yeah.
2: I would say that, that Buttercup, Princess Buttercup, is the most uh, uh, is the most tri- like asexual seeming character in media that I've seen in a long time. So, she's her boyfriend than
1: anyone is... except for science.
2: Exactly, science is her sexuality. Which <laughs> I love science
1: double She really just, oh she yells at everyone too. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't mess with there my was, science uh, experiments.
2: Oh, Princess Bubblegum is a grade A jerk. That's one of my favorite things yeah. about her. Yeah. Um. There was also a more recent episode of Adventure Time that where it was like, uh, oh, I can't remember what the premise of it was, but yeah, there's like pictures of Buttercup and 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 Marceline in like Buttercup's locker and shit, and it's like, oh man, like, that's so cool. one thing with uh,
1: going back to Gravity Falls. One of the big story thrusts is that Dipper, uh, one of the main characters, he's in love with Wendy. Right, the kind of older lady who runs the, uh, the 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 counter at the the Mystery Shack, that has gotten so old so quickly. Where all he does is pine for her. That that's if yeah. they got rid of that thread on that show, that oh man, I'd be fucking having it. just because like,
2: that's f- I know, but Bill, don't you remember being a dumb shit kid? And this, all you it's did like was... the centerpiece
1: of almost every episode, and it just seems a little bit yeah.
2: creepy, and it's a little just like, have you ever seen like okay, there, uh, the the Gravity Falls fandom? I'm not very engaged with, yeah. but. Um, of all people, our friend Veer Brasgall was showing me this, oh, no. that there is this, this, this shipping movement in, in, in Phantom called Parapines, what? where it's Norman from Paranorman and Dipper Pines, older and exploring themselves at each other. <laughs> Does Paranorman take place in Oregon? Uh,
1: cause I know Caroline, remember. Caroline did, no not, uh, Coraline did, Caroline.
2: I can't remember, but yeah, it was just yeah. they like, cause they do both like, little, the, you their, do you fan? I can
1: totally see that. Who does, who does, who does Mabel get hooked up with?
2: Uh, Bill, I don't think Mabel matters in this, in this No, but, scenario. like, if Bill, that's, with like, somebody. saying if, if, if Draco and Harry hook up in this <laughs> fanfiction, who does Ginny show up with? Guess what? That's not priority A in <laughs> these stories, Bill.
1: Oh, my God.
2: I saw anyway, Entertainment
1: um, Weekly had, like, 25 best characters on television voting thing. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Louise... No, 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 no. Tina from uh, Bob's Burgess got voted as the yeah. best character on TV right now, which cracked me up.
2: I was looking at something where uh, it was like looking at it, would tell you which has been your most popular tweet on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm quite happy that my most popular tweet on Twitter has been uh, my statement that uh, uh, Tina Belcher is the most important feminist icon on television right now. <laughs> which I think is true. She's that weird little girl is the most important character I've seen in media in a long time.
0: <laughs> Her butts. Oh, man. Anyway, what else? Anyway,
2: um, I always say his name wrong, and I apologize, Mr. Copley. Charlto?
1: I guess so. Charlto Copley?
2: I'm terrible. Whenever I talk Uh, to him at parties,
1: I just just say, hey, you.
2: He's an amazing actor, and I like him. Um, He's going to play Christian Walker in the PlayStation-only Power show. Read the rest of it. Bill's comment is that no one is going to watch. (laughs) No one's going to watch. The Power's-only TV show the PlayStation Network. That is, like, insta-death.
1: Um, That's worse than Corey just being relegated to Nick.com.
2: What kills me is that there are characters that I would have him play on that show, and I wouldn't think Christian of Walk. him being Christian. Did you see that uh, Christian Shaw's is playing uh, Dina Pilgrim?
1: That's a good joke, Phil. It's <laughs> a really good joke. It's like Maria Bamford. Mm-hmm. oh my god but yeah I, who he's, knows what the, what they're gonna do with that show i don't
2: even know who's he's in charge of it bad casting because no, you need I, someone do s- you need someone who's a good actor because christian walker is very much so all about things that are unsaid and unknown to him yeah. he's kind of i don't want to say he's a cipher because that's not true but he is kind of a very quiet character uh, but the and- most
1: notable being that christian Walker's like Six and a half feet tall, built like Superman, and that is not what. Well, Charles he's Charles he's a Coakley superhero. Is. Yeah, yeah, he he's really is. He's a superhero.
2: It's it's Superman lost his powers. Then it's like 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 Clark Kent may look like a schlub, but he's still a six foot two ripped schlub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's so, got buns yeah. of steel,
1: regardless if they're actually made of steel or not.
2: Yeah. You know, so, so anyway, but yeah, um,
1: that well, sounds like it's still on track to come out sometime this winter. The the, the powers TV show. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. That's going to be interesting, though.
2: I like him as an actor, so I mean, I'll watch it. You know, I I'm invested. It bumps me in out. Powers. They did it,
1: actually announce the casting for Dina Pilgrim, and it is not the what's her face that everyone said it should be. Starbuck.
2: She would have been fine, but she's getting too old.
1: Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, because oh man, she that has been ten years since Battlestar started. Yeah. yeah.
2: Who who did they announce is going to play? Because I'm way more interested in Dina Pilgrim yeah. than because Dina is Dina's an interesting character, and it's well, she, she's the real main character
1: of the show or the the series yeah Christian Walker's you know he's he's a main character but he's not the main character
2: yeah um let's see Susan Hayward hmm. Susan Hayward Hmm. she's African American lady that's rad really oh that's rad oh and she looks awesome are you sure you're looking at the right Susan Hayward Let's, there was a picture of her on the thing announcing it. Oh, that's actually really rad. Oh, she, she look, she's she got the eyes. That's a big thing with Dina Pilgrim is her really expressive eyes. Huh. Oh, that's rad. Huh. I
1: type in Susan Hayward. All I get is Susan Hayward the actress uh, with Tyrone Power. If you Google Susan Hayward Powers. I, I'm, get? I'm getting Tyrone Power and Susan Hayward. Uh, I'll take I'll take your word for it.
2: She that's rad. Okay, that, okay that, I'm okay, actually that kind of excited awesome. about that. And she looks young enough, which is good. Huh. Shelter Copley isn't a bad idea Because like I said, he's a really good actor. Huh. Well, yeah. That's interesting. Well they're obviously anyway. casting
1: against type, so who knows, you yeah. know.
2: Because no, really, to be to be a convincing Dina, you just have to be a small powerhouse, like just a, a tiny mighty powerhouse. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it doesn't really. But Christian Walker is in particular so very much so this Superman motif. Like. You have to you have to cast someone who looks good with fucking monkeys. Oh, God. Anyway. That is the last a-
1: issue I read, was the one that, like, you were freaking out about, was all the
2: monkey fucking. It was one of the worst issues of the <laughs> i remember living I've with you, read. and you
1: got that issue, and uh, you were just like, oh my god. And you had to show it to me, because you were, like, so disgusted, and I was like, what's wrong? And you're like, Bill, just, l- like, make. am I crazy, or is this terrible? And you were, oh. Uh...
2: <laughs> Powers is great and awful at the same time. <laughs> It is one of my favorite comics and one of my least favorite comics at the same time, and many times for the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, sounds like David Yates, the guy who directed like the last six Harry Potter movies. Bill notes is also going to direct the. I'm going to say it, Bill, because that's what you wrote, and now you're excited. The first Fantastic Breasts movie. I can't
1: wait for the credit sequence for that movie. It's going to be like a James Bond thing with just monster boobs all over the place. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, which yeah, is a little movie, disappointing man. because. The best thing about having so many Harry Potter movies, well, A, they're going to be popular enough that it really doesn't matter who directs them as long as they're an interesting director. Uh, so you can pretty much get anyone to direct a Harry Potter movie as long as they know how to make a movie, and it would still be kind of cool. And at this point, they're automatically falling back to this David Yates guy.
2: Well, I mean, when you think about it, there are really only, what, three directors for the Harry yeah, cause Potter Yeah, because you
1: movies? had Chris Columbus, yeah, Alfonso Cuaron, and yeah. I think it was David Yates for everything else.
2: Yeah. Which he so makes really, fine... But it's kind of the very, very kind of workmanly-like movies. It'd
1: be nice, especially if you're going to start off a whole new series, if you kind of gave it to somebody new just to kind of, like, interject some new life into that situation.
2: They don't give a shit, Bill. They're not trying to make the best movie and this possible, guy, they're trying to well, make especially money. Especially this director
1: seems super mercenarial by virtue of the fact that he, like, once he was like on Harry Potter, he would never leave Harry Potter. And as soon as Harry Potter was over, he was talking about how much he was going to reinvent Doctor Who, and he was going to make a live-action Doctor Who movie. Despite the fact that he had never talked to anybody who was actually in charge of Doctor Who, it's to the point that even Stephen Moffat had to be like, we have never talked to this guy about making a Doctor Who movie. I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but he was still convinced that, like, oh, I'm going to make a Doctor Who movie. Like, he seems kind of the kind of guy who's anxious to, like, uh, just attach himself to a big thing that's going to make sure he gets paychecks. So, I don't know. David Yates, yeah, just it's something a little greasy about that guy. But, I don't know, whatever. So.
2: I think he did a fine job getting good performances from all the people in the last couple of Harry Potter movies. Yeah, so. just, man,
1: have you seen Daniel Radcliffe talking about how embarrassed he is by his acting in the first, like, five Harry Potter movies? He's like, I think by the last couple ones, he was like, I thought it was, I I was tolerable. But yeah, he says he goes back and watches like, yeah, like, like, Prisoner of fan, He's just like, oh my God, I'm so fucking It's
2: hard when you're a kid, man, and you're learning your craft. Well, that's what he's kind of
1: saying is like, he's not like being too hard on himself. He's admitting like, I was 12. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. But he's especially like when he's like against all these other like older British actors who really know what they're doing. It's like he he, yeah, he feels really embarrassed that he sticks out like a short, uh, sore thumb because he's just sitting there goggle-eyed going, oh, my God, the mirror of <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. No.
2: Oh, Harry Potter! Uh, and finally, OMG, Bill of Notes! The MythBusters are breaking up. Did you hear about this? That's right. It was announced this? this week that the Discovery Channel is retooling the MythBusters formula, a MythBusters formula, <laughs> after ten years. And the MythBusters B team of uh, what is it? Carrie Grant and, and um, Tyrone? Grant. Grant. Grant.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, C- Carrie Grant. Cary actually, Grant. <laughs> my, yeah, Carrie Grant and Grant. No, Cary Grant it's Carrie. Carrie Byron. Okay, the la- you yeah. got the lady Carrie, you got Grant, the Asian guy Grant Imahara, uh, and, and you got uh, wait, who's the third guy, the big lug?
2: That's what I'm trying to remember. What's Tyrone? his name?
1: <laughs> Hubert.
2: Anyway, that guy the B is team. Kinda, I don't want to him, but he
1: could kind of like he's the one guy on that show you kind of get rid of, and no one really noticed that much. But oh, I disagree. No, I, don't, I no, think he's Grant, part of the B team. He was.
2: Yeah, I think Grant is the best of For the someone B team. Who hasn't had a cable in the last ten years, I haven't managed to
1: see a hell of a lot of Mythbusters enough to make note of this <laughs> on this thing. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: but anyway, yeah. So there, uh, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of hard feelings about it. But uh, this seems like the they show was part of the show tooled. for ten years after ten. Yeah, you know, at first I thought this was news that they were
1: canceling MythBusters, which makes sense because they've been on the air for ten years. How many more myths can they do? But yeah, I was a little surprised to find out. No, no, MythBusters is still trucking on. It's just they're getting rid of the B team, which this is how the show first started, where it was just uh, Adam Savage and Jamie Heinemann just kind of doing their yeah. stuff, and they eventually brought on the B team just to kind of like like help out and do B stories but yeah I don't know it's just yeah uh, I'm sure those guys will land on their feet what with cause they all have careers they, they all have jobs that they're doing when they're not working on Mythbusters Grant Hart right. is a special effects guy Kyrie Byron she's an artist I don't know Tyrone does something that Tyrone <laughs> likes to do this is,
2: more power this to this is our him.
1: energy ending of this episode
2: <laughs> so, hey, everybody, yes, this was the Boy Howdy Podcast. We're um, at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. Howdy at BoyHattiePodcast.com is a good way to get in contact us. with uh, BoyHattiePodcast.com. If you're really desperate to hear something I did in the last two weeks, uh, I was a guest on a friend of the podcast, Clammy John's, and RJ White's columbo themed podcast. One more thing, uh, we had a really fun time. Me and Brenna from Ladylike Book Club were on and had a really fun time. So if you, uh, I highly recommend. How is you listen, even an not... Columbo? I well, like I said in the podcast, uh, I never, I don't think I'd seen an episode of Columbo since hitting puberty. So yeah, me it neither. was yeah. a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I highly recommend giving a listen. We had a lot of fun, lot of fun with good old Clamity no, no, John. No, it is also RJ, telling right? that you
1: were the one person from Boy Howdy chosen to be on this podcast and not me. I do not blame <laughs> Clamity John. Like, hey well, Annie
2: no he actually invited us because he wanted to do um he wanted actually to have all the ladies on it from the lady like book club oh really uh yeah that was what it was that's why it was oh, me and so Brenna so he even know about the boys so but, I did you chance. actually listen you clearly you did not listen to this because <laughs> no, 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 no. we open by identifying ourselves from the lady like book club and we talk about lady like at no point do I even mention boys <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Andy no I'm,
1: I'm yeah no that's totally fine <laughs> on offering Annie that will kill the Boy Howdy podcast, so Annie can finally do the video games podcast with Conley. <sighs> oh my God! Now that's, this that's week has been so.
2: Wait, so was just you and uh, Brenna no fully? I'm sorry. What? So no,
1: was just you and Brenna, no Conley?
2: Well, I propose that we start with just me and Brenna because. Six people on a podcast is a hell of a lot of pretty great wants.
1: books in a good way, though, depending on... Yeah, yeah um, depending on we'll, you...
2: we'll see if we can try it again. It was very cute because John, because we were there as guests from the Lady Like Book Club, he tried to choose the most erotic episode of Colombo <laughs> possible, <laughs> which is what, what the hell's the so. most erotic episode of Colombo? Why, Bill, listen to And One More Thing, the Colombo podcast. One more thing. Uh, starring Calamity John and RJ White and find out... Is so RJ's wife,
1: isn't that the guy, kid who played the son on Breaking Bad? <laughs> yes. I could swear to God that's that kid's job, name. Bill.
2: Anyway, friends, thanks for listening to our Way Too Long podcast. We'll talk to y'all next Merry
1: week.
0: Merry Christmas, guys. Bye. I love you. Sweet pea. Everybody needs to help somebody. Even if it's only me. So stop your crying, sweet pea. And try to go to sleep I don't know how you got here I don't know if you cares You could have come from heavens Or a typhoon anywhere Well me, I came from heaven Off Carolina La Lagoon And I was told me, mammy Give me up in a typhoon Oh, don't you cry, little sweet pea. You and me, we've both the same And the biggest tear i ever seen Came the eye of a hurricane Go to sleep, sleep, sleepy Tell me what you see And someday when you're older I'll tell you all about me Bye. Uh-huh.